rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to hell. I need an echo machine. Welcome to the new normal. Wow. I thought I would do a, a special today. I'll probably do them as many times as we can possibly do them because we're all in this quarantine. I don't know about where you guys live, but here in New York, it's pretty much in a... Ba- we're in shutdown mode, and I hope that there's not going to be a um, shelter-in-place order. That's That would be very concerning, only because... I'm afraid for the cats that we feed, the the poor little community cats. I'll still go out and feed them, I guess, because, you know, what are you going to do? I don't know. I will have to, well, everybody has to take everything into consideration now. And, and all right. My name is Tara Devlin, for those who don't know. Thank you, Jim. We're on the YouTube channel. I just popped in and saw Jim, of course, even in the midst of a crisis. He comes in right off the bat with a super chat. It's it's really, honestly, it's amazing, touching, and it keeps us going. So thank you, Jim, for always setting the standard. And everyone else for being here. Thank you, Daniel and Patricia. And who else is on the feed here? That's it for now, Jim. And I want you guys to know that we're, we have a new dis- Discord channel. If you want to become a member, it doesn't cost anything. It's a nice little chat area. I'm just trying to get the Discord up. And we can hang out when... The show's not happening. In between shows, you guys can all get together. I'll be there as well. Not all the time. Don't always, you know, just carry on without me. You know what I mean? If I'm not there. And I thought that would be a good thing. I know it's tough building a community because I've been doing this since 2009. I started Republican Dirty Tricks in 2009. And I understand it's like pulling teeth, getting people to do things, getting people to sign up. Plus, you know what it is. It's just that everybody's inundated by everything. Click here, link here, go there, sign up there. You know what I mean? So it's tough. But I think that we are building a nice little community here, and we have a lot of regulars that come and hang out. If you want to keep in touch with you, with each other in between the shows get the hell over to the Discord channel. And I'm posting the link at the, at the RDT Daily Media YouTube channel right now. I'll, I'll put it in the description, too, and things like that. How do you spell Discord again? Yeah, okay. If you want to join up. And you don't have to. What happens is what, we had a bunch of people on the channel last time. I just We just did it on the Saturday show. And you don't have to leave the server to leave. Don't don't disconnect yourself from this. You could just leave. You know what I mean? Don't leave the server entirely. If unless that's what you want to do. But I noticed that we had a lot of people on the chat and then all of a sudden we only had a few people in the community because I think they 
that people left the server and they instead of just logging out you know what i mean but you know it's all good guys oh thank you patricia mamma mia yay i love it fist bump the little cartoon very cute well, let's see. What do we want to talk about? How everything sucks. Um, how, what I was thinking today, of course, I was watching Twitler's press conference. It was another disaster. And it's so tedious. But what's even worse, and we've been talking about this for a few weeks since the debate, and I mean, since the Democratic um, primary process, I knew it was going to be a nightmare. And... Honestly, the debate on Sunday was rather disappointing to me as someone who knows that Bernie Sanders is really the one who has a true shot at this. And if anything else, okay, the only thing that can come out of this coronavirus that's good, I think, a couple of things. One is we are seeing that we are democratic socialists. We're in this together. If this doesn't change people's perspective, I don't know what does. What will do it? Yes, we're in this together. Yes, even Mitt Romney and Marco Rubio, they're all socialists now, right? But only for this crisis. Only for the coronavirus. But meanwhile... You don't oh, well go to the doctor if you have coronavirus. Go get tested. Everything will be covered. They're not gonna it's it'll be covered. That's fine. They never say how you're gonna pay for it, right? Because what they're gonna do is give the money to the insurance racket. So we'll be paying these private companies who they will get their VIG. Make no mistake, the private insurance racket will make a killing out of the coronavirus. They absolutely will. They're not going to pay. Um, it's not like we're paying ourselves. Do you know what I mean? It's like if it's the difference between you know, when you're renting an apartment or you buy an apartment, right? You pay yourself. When you're paying the mortgage, you're not paying somebody else to pay their mortgage. You're paying, you're, you're paying yourself. You're making an investment. In yourself, it's the same thing if we were making an investment in each other with Medicare for All. Not this time. We're paying the lords, our landlords. And they're, and they're not lording over the land. They're lording over our bodies. So they got to get their cut. So when you go to the doctor, if you contract the coronavirus, they're going to charge, the if you have private insurance... They're going to charge the, the government. The government's going to come in and pay the private insurance racket for doing what? What did they do? What is the purpose of the private insurance racket other than making a few of the CEOs, making those at the top, very rich and, and inflating the stock prices? This is disgusting. If nothing shows you how disgusting the private insurance racket is, I don't know what uh, the coronavirus, uh, if that doesn't show you, then you won't, you'll, you're blind, buddy. And it makes me sick 
especially in the Democratic debate, listening to Joe Biden, because he's not, he's a nice, you know, he's a Republican. Let's, let's get it out there. He's, he, he may have a D after his name, but I don't know. Thank you, Bernie Sanders, because you have changed the trajectory of the Democratic Party, whether they like it or not. They were the nice, normal, quote-unquote, Republicans while the Republican Party went into extreme fascism, went, went off the rails. But the Democratic Party is, tr- at least they're trying to pretend they're somewhat liberal. Now it's not a dirty word anymore. Remember how it was, oh, I, I, we, we can go back and look at all the videos of Joe Biden saying, the liberals in my party, uh, castigating liberals for wanting to maintain Social Security when he was trying to cut it, when he was advocating, everything's on the table. It makes me sick. (laughs) Well, uh, let's hope it's coronavirus, because if it's not coronavirus that's making me sick, then I'm going to have to pay. See, it's only Medicare for all, for now, for this, for some, in this one sickness. And how sick is that? Because right now, every day, Americans have catastrophes and emergencies. But this is the United States of serfs and lords. We're not in this together. We are all on our own here. That's the message. Oh, now there's national emergency. You better hope that if you wake up with a fever, like I did last year when I had the flu. I had the flu last year, and it was it sucked. And they're describing the symptoms of the coronavirus. It sounds very similar to me. And I woke up with a fever. It was it was horrible. A very high fever. I went to the emergency room. And, you know, after haggling, right? Yeah, really. No, I went to the emergency room closer to my house. I guess I should have got on the phone with my 104 fever and and negotiated rates with all different hospitals. Hey, yeah, I got a 104 fever. What are you going to do? Hey, hey, uh, if you don't, you don't give me a good deal, I'll take my, my sickness over to Elmhurst Hospital. Instead of Mount Sinai, like they give give a shit. This is the free market, right? This is how it's supposed to be done. You should know what's good for your family when you have a 104 fever. And the last thing you want to do is fight with an insurance racket. But, you know, if you get, if you wake up with a fever and you're like, holy shit, I, I hope. I don't have the coronavirus. I better get my ass over to the doctor because they told me Joe Biden and all the Republicans have said, don't worry, go to the doctor. It's going to be covered regardless of your situation with insurance. Don't worry about cost because this is a national emergency. And then when you're like, oh, good, okay, I'll, I'll get the help I need. And Unfortunately, when your test comes back, they're like, no, 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 honey, you have, you don't have the coronavirus. I'm sorry. You have the standard old regular flu because it is still flu season, whether you like it or not. And, oh, well, that's, uh, I guess you got to 
scrape together your copay, your coinsurance, your deductible, your in-network, out-of-network, um, whatever the considerations, your financial considerations, you're back in the boat of possibly, I mean, you want, you probably won't go bankrupt with the flu, but you will have, uh, have, a, have to pay your bills. You got to pay the piper, pay your insurance racket. And when half of the American people can handle a $400 emergency, um, you've just been SOL'd once again. And it's disgusting, frankly. It pisses me off. Because you think about, they talk about the divided country. How so we're in this divisive time. How could we ever come together? See how fast they're moving, though. In a divisive time, they're the ones dividing us. And they did it on purpose. They like it divided. This is how they get to steal. How they get to continue to ride us to the bank. They can only do that if we're divided and stupid enough to expend our energies fighting amongst each other rather than the, at the top where it belongs. So suddenly we're all democratic socialists. And it, but that makes me sick that somebody like Joe Biden, he gets up there on the debate stage talking about how, um, you know, this is a national emergency. It's like a war. Every day, our fellow Americans have emergencies. Just because an emergency hits just your family, that doesn't mean it doesn't ripple out across society. It affects us all. If somebody can't go to the, do the, uh, to the doctor when they're sick, that affects us all, whether you know it or not. We're living in the aftermath of... This kiss up, kick down, I got mine, Jack, sucks to be you, economy. That didn't, it's not just the Republicans who brought us here. It was the Democrats. And they're doing it to us again. Because right now, as we speak, this is Tuesday, there's an election going on. Unfortunately, which is weird to me, they sh they're shutting down all over the country. Um, social distancing and whatever some places are already sheltering in place but the democratic national committee and the i don't know is it up to them i guess each local local area says we're going to continue our election day or not is it wise to have florida go out and vote when you have such a old people living in this state a high concentration of people like, who are going to vote for joe biden but that's the that's the rub right there the fact is the democratic party they want to put this booby to bed they don't want to hear any more about bernie's revolution and it's not just bernie's revolution this is the revolution we need they don't want to hear about young people or the millennials what the millennials think or what the latin american you know the latino not latin american community thinks they want to put it to bed they want to start unifying because i could see it right now even every time on my twitter feed i'm constantly getting hit with by democrats saying oh, it's time to unify unify everyone so we can't say the truth, which is we're putting Joe Biden, the weakest ass candidate, up against the gigantic 
um, you know, the so-called president who's got the the advantage of being an incumbent, and it's a repeat of 2016. But um, as I'm saying this in my mind, the only thing that can the the other thing that as far as the coronavirus is concerned is that it does lay bare just how unfit Trump truly is. But think about the fact that that's what's happening now. In a few months, we'll see what happens, like Trump likes to say, but it's, it, the November's a long way off. By the time it rolls around, Trump will have been pulling his bullshit again and rebranding this. As he's the saint that walks among us, and thank God he was in uh, he was in the so-called presidency because it would have been a hell of a lot worse. This is what he's already doing. As much as he's tried to downplay this emergency from the beginning and set us up for failure, he's already playing victim crying fake news and telling all of his dupes whenever, whenever they'll listen, and all over his Twitter feed too, how much they're picking on him, how much he's doing for everyone. And he'll take credit for everything that ends up working, and he'll blame Democrats for everything that fails. So don't let's not get too cocky, because November's a long way off, and Joe Biden is... The, uh, he's the Hillary Clinton of the 2020 cycle. There's no doubt. He has the same, the same vulnerabilities. But that's what makes me sick. Is there, but if there's any debate now that we're what, what we're up against, you're looking at the liberal media, ladies and gentlemen. This is it. Me, there's a few of us here. We're usually independent. We're on YouTube. That's about it. We're not on the big platforms. We're not on uh, MSNBC. If, if there's any doubt, you think MSNBC is the liberal media? Then you haven't been paying attention. You haven't been watching MSNBC. And they keep talking about the Democrats that I know. They're like, oh, uh... We resist. What are we resisting? We have to push Joe Biden left. Well, then how how do we push him left? If not by continuously calling out his failings. Oh, well, then that gets you're 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 helping Trump. You're helping Trump get elected. No, I'm not. The Democratic National Committee is helping Trump. This is a reality. These are just his failings. Somebody put together a video, which I will play, about, it's a montage about how Trump will beat Joe Biden. And it seems eerily familiar. You want to approve Trans-Pacific Partnership. You were totally in favor of it. The Trans-Pacific Partnership is perhaps the most ambitious trade negotiation underway in the world. That in you called it the gold standard. Well, I hope You called I, it the gold standard of trade deals. You, you know said what? it's the finest deal you've ever seen. No. What we're talking about is shaping a new standard that can become the metric by which all future trade agreements are measured. Why is why that standard? Why, 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 why? Nervous, man. Calm down. It's okay. You know, I got 20% of Bernie. Look, people don't want us. 
because of Trey, because he's a big Trey guy. You know, he basically says we're getting screwed on Trey. <laughs> so, for those who can't hear, the audio is a little muffled there. That's Trump, a recording of Trump in his a, a meeting um, that was recorded secretly where Trump was de- he was lamenting if Hillary would choose Bernie as a running mate, he'd have a hard time beating her then because Bernie is anti-trade, just like, or anti-free trade, like, just like Trump. That's how he got the so-called forgotten man and woman to vote for him. These people who understand that Bill Clinton, when he signed NAFTA, he sent their jobs, millions of American jobs overseas, good jobs, and decimated communities. This is the same failing Joe Biden has. I don't understand what, 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 what's wrong with so many people. Why are, why are we living in denial? I, I mean, we're not living in denial, but so many of our so-called fellow Democrats are in denial if they think Joe Biden is got a, I mean, he does have a chance in hell now because of the coronavirus. In my opinion, maybe I'm wrong. I'll look at the, at the, uh, you guys in the chat. You can tell me what you think. But I believe that this, for these reasons and so much more, Biden has a very iffy history. He's a, he, he has a long history of giving Republicans everything he wants. Everything they want, I should say. Well, he, mostly. Because he, what he wants is what Republicans want. Whether you're a man or a woman. Because they're misogynists. And even the women, even the Republican women are misogynists. But Joe Biden was anti-abortion. He, every way you look... His liberal bona fides or whatever is, uh, uh, is questionable, is suspect. And for this, in this time, you know, this is why the mil- millennials are the most socialist generation. They understand what they've been left, the shit show of Reaganomics and Clintonomics, that they are living in the aftermath. They're, they've grown up in this gig economy coming out of college with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and not being able to declare bankruptcy thanks to Joe Biden. They understand that incremental change, the cries of incremental change means it's, it's nothing but a death rattle. That's what that is. Incremental change is the death rattle of democracy. What they're telling the millennials who want change, who want a government that works for all, that are sick of living in the trickle-down economy, that they they hear about the FDR's New Deal, and they listen to their boomer grandparents, uh, their tales. These are the boomers. These boomers got it all. They are the beneficiaries of the New Deal. And these are the same ones that are voting to screw the younger generation out of the very things that made the middle class possible. The middle class that these boomers, 
that are sitting in Florida now in retirement thanks to the government policies that democratic socialism made possible. It's unbelievable to me, the cognitive disconnect. It makes me sick, frankly, these old bastards who are voting for what? They want to go back to normal. All over on corporate media, when I have MSNBC on, a lot of times when I'm working, I'll listen to MSC in the background. MSNBC in the background, it drives me insane. But all day, and all I mean, on, on and on, I bet you if we turned it on now, we'd hear. They'll be talking about how, what, what we want, what the people want. The American people don't want a revolution. This is what I keep hearing. I, I don't understand, where are these people getting their information from? Where, what people, who are they to speak for the American people? What people are they running into in the ivory tower? I guess maybe on the way to uh, the studio, someone is picking them up in an Uber and they're saying, hey, Mr. Uber driver or Miss Uber driver, what do you think? Oh, I don't know. I'm too busy trying to get trying to get some shut eye in between my three uniquely american low paying jobs in the gig economy i guess one good thing about coronavirus nobody will go to work at least somebody can get some rest it's ridiculous what are these who are these people the american people want to go back to normal. This is what I keep hearing too. They just want normality, the American people. Or, or is this wishful thinking? You are getting very sleepy, American people. You just want normality. That's supposed to be a watch. Tick, 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 tick. You don't want... You don't want a revolution. You don't want the change that you actually need. Remember change you can believe in? Don't believe it. You got to be you got to be dreaming. What kind of change you believe in? Are you the are you that stupid? Are you that pie in the sky that you are believing in change you can believe in? No, no, no. Change you can believe in. It's sort of like the Easter bunny or the fair or the the second coming of Christ. You got to have faith. Believe. Don't, don't believe your lying eyes. Just have faith that, I don't know, you need to go back to normal. Go, go whatever normal is. Even though normal is that you can't retire, normal is all of the gains of, of, of it all in the past 35 years have gone to the 1%. That's normal, even though the normal is the wants and needs of working people have a zero effect on government policy. That's normal. Go back to normal. Normal is not giving a shit about your fellow American, your neighbor who doesn't have health care. You just say, wow, that sucks. I'm so sorry. Can I... Can I tweet out your GoFundMe link? Can I help you by posting your link to your GoFundMe page on my Facebook wall? It's sickening. Let's continue with this. And he's right. I, 
If she had picked Bernie Sanders, it would have been tougher. That's what Trump says. Of course he's right in that matter. He's 100% right. But this is the DLC Democratic Party. The Democratic Leadership Council. The ones who sold out the New Deal. These are the ones that got in bed with Wall Street deliberately. The who who hobbled the union movement, who peddled Republican policies right back at Republicans and called it change. While, all the while, the middle class was sinking lower and lower and lower on the ladder. How much more are we going to take? If this coronavirus doesn't bring out the fact that we are in this together, what else, what does? Are we that dumb? I know that we're not, but there are a lot of people who are. Now they all want, they all want socialism. They love socialism. Where's the government? What's government going to do? What are they doing to stop this? Where's government to help? Well, I thought government was the problem, Republicans. Now they're all talking about socialism. And Mitch McConnell is saying, oh, we just want to, that he told his members to just hold their nose and vote for it. Because socialism, democratic socialism, works. They're in there to stop any, any way or, or any opportunity for the American people to have a seat at the table. That is their mission. But we see now that they understand that democratic socialism works because it's what they employ the second we get into a crisis. But if we already were, if we were set up, they wouldn't have to have all these emergency midnight votes putting it through. We'd already have universal health care. Oh, well, Joe Biden says, look at... Italy, they have uh, Medicare for all, and they still, they still, it's, it doesn't work, he says. Nobody says that Medicare for all will stop a sickness from happening. It, but it stops people from not going to the doctor when sick. So you don't have to all get together and vote an emergency bill where people get their coronavirus diagnosis covered. Just for this one little thing. If you got anything else, you're on your own. But if you got coronavirus, you got the politically advantageous disease or virus right now. Good, good on you. You pulled a rabbit out of the hat there. But if you got any other kind of sickness, you're you're screwed. What is? I I, I don't understand. If government was a problem and. If socialism was evil, then why are you employing the government to pass socialist policies in a crisis? Where's your trickle down now? Where's your free market now? Because you know what's happening in the boardrooms of Aetna and United Healthcare. They're having a party. Happy. Happy days are here again. The corks are being unpopped. 
Champagne, bubbly, all around. Nobody gets richer than uh, health insurance ghouls when people are dying. They are a sick bunch of sick, sick people. And I say people loosely. I don't know what kind of people profit off of their fellow human beings' miseries. There's one thing profiting off of misery. There's another thing that, but about latching yourself on to somebody's sickness, like a like a effing tick, and gorging yourself on their blood. That's what they do. That's what the insurance racket does. Making a decision: who lives, who dies, who gets treatment, who doesn't. Talk about a death panel. We've had a death panel for generations. How many Americans have been in front of that death panel saying, sorry, booby, that's not covered. That's a pre-existing condition. That's something that uh, you reached your lifetime cap. Sorry that you got leukemia when you were a kid but you, and you reached your lifetime cap before you reached puberty. But this is America. We don't know socialism here unless... Unless it's politically advantageous. I don't know. Uh, you would think that these stinking ass Republicans, these effing conservatives, so-called, if, if government is the problem, why the hell are they employing government to trickle? Not, I mean, not just, it's a deluge of socialism all of a sudden. Yeesh. 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 Here's some more of this video. Whoops, I hit the wrong button. Here we go. Basically says we're getting screwed on <coughs> And he's right. Uh, had she picked Bernie Sanders, it would have been tougher. Because the only one I didn't want her to pick. The only one I didn't want her to pick. That's what Trump says. You know, we hear all the time from the corporate media and Biden himself. Even Trump is afraid. He's willing to get impeached over me to stop me, Biden says. Well, that's only because he thought you were going to be his his, uh, opponent. And I guess he's right now because the Democratic candidates, I mean, the Democratic National Committee... Sort of that, not just the DNC, but the corporate media, the elites, the party apparatus that controls the mouthpieces of propaganda in this country. They don't buy, the, the corporations did not buy and cons- buy all the media and consolidate the media thanks to the Telecommunications Act of 1996. They didn't do that. They didn't spend all that money in the media, buying all these, me, these news channels and pap- newspapers, radio stations. They didn't do that to not employ it in a crisis. And the crisis for them is that the uppity people are getting too big for their britches. So you got to knock them down a peg. Tell them, make a buffoon out of Bernie Sanders Tell them again and again what the people want. The people, the people, the people. What people? Because the people have been screaming for, for some relief. They've been screaming 
about being treated like nothing but hosts from which to suck profit and discard by these rapacious, ghoulish corporations like United Healthcare and uh, others, other corporations. People are saying, why doesn't Jeff Bezos just A, B, C, or D, whatever the hell, bring in some res- build respirators? Because what the hell? And they don't say, why are we even pondering why does Jeff Bezos do this or that? It shouldn't be an issue. There shouldn't be a billionaire. We shouldn't be begging a billionaire to fill in the gaps of government incompetence. Because billionaires shouldn't exist. There shouldn't be somebody that gets so rich that they challenge government. That they're bigger than the government. That government works for them. That's how big they are. They don't get out of bed in the morning unless Jeff Bezos gives them the okay. You think you and me could get on the phone and get into the White House? This what happened uh, um, this week. Effing that dumb Trump, that, that's, that effing, that international disgrace, Trump, he met with CEOs, met in the White House over the coronavirus. Do you think you and I, not people, human beings, average people, he didn't meet with Uber drivers or Lyft drivers or gig workers or waitresses or actors on Broadway to, well, he, he liked that. He, any, anybody who has, uh, gets applause, lots of applause. But he didn't meet with average people who are effective. He met with CEOs. What do you think? Because that's who matters. It's an upside-down world here. We make the world go round, and they ride on our backs. And they need to keep it that way. How are you going to keep it that way if the people, you know, you're telling the people they can't go to work? Well, here comes socialism to the rescue. Where's socialism when you need it? Anyway, let's review. About whether or not I was telling the truth about Social Security. Thank you, guys. Do consider looking at those programs, age of eligibility, absolutely. cost of living, put it all on the table. The answer is absolutely you have to. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans benefits. I meant every single solitary. Look at him. He's so animated. I only tried it once about the uh, his attempts to tr- to cut social security that he lied about during during the debate which is disgusting I tried it twice I tried it a third time and I tried it a fourth time I'll save social security I'll save Medicare Paul Ryan was correct when you did the tax code what's the first thing you decided we had to go after social security and Medicare Wait a minute. I was against the war in Iraq, just so you put it out. The only way we're going to get rid of Saddam Hussein is we're going to end up having to start it alone, start it alone, and it's going to require guys like you in uniform to be back on foot in the desert taking the son of a, the, uh, taking Saddam down. Taking, oh, he's so tough, taking the son of a bee, taking Saddam down. He's so tough, isn't he, when he's sending other people to die. For a lie. So tough. I'll save Medicare. Paul Ryan.
Ryan was correct. When he did the tax code, what's the first thing he decided we had to go after? Social Security and Medicare. Wait a minute. I was against the war in Iraq, just so you put it out. The only way we're going to get rid of Saddam Hussein is we're going to end up having to start it alone, start it alone, and it's going to require guys like you in uniform to be back on foot in the desert taking the son of a, uh, the, uh, taking but how are you gonna, down. But how are you going to pay for it? How are you going to pay for endless war? Oh, d never mind. Person who's got low energy, very low energy. She goes to sleep. So now the Democrats are making a pathetic bid to save Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe Biden. And you know what? I'd love to run against him, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, well, it's too late. That's what's going on right now. They're voting in... In what? And uh, well, I was going to say Washington, in Florida, the Democratic National Committee is. I saw what's his name, Tom Perez, on MSNBC earlier saying, and they were asking him, "Are you going to encourage these states to stop or postpone their primary election?" And he's, "Oh, he's going to stay out of it. He trusts the local like." Well, of course. What are you kidding me? They're on the phone. He's saying go through with it. If they're gonna allow a the the voters of Florida to put themselves in danger by going out, I thought uh, you know this community spread. You got to stay three feet apart from people, less than twenty five people. But they want to put this to bed. They want to put Bernie to bed. They want to stop this pesky revolution. Nobody wants a revolution. This is what they, we've been telling the people. We just want normalcy. I don't know how you think it's normal. What are we going back to, by the way? We get one old, cranky white guy who calls people fat and liars to another old, cranky white guy who calls people fat and liars. Except Biden calls voters fat and liars. Not he doesn't call the big moneyed interest fats fat liars. Just people who ask him questions on the trail. They're fat liars. Hey fat, look fat. That's what he said. Look, look fat. That's why I look like this. I'm not. I, you look like that. I'm not sedentary. Let's have some push-ups, man. What is? change we can believe in that's the change this i've been saying this forever i was relieved when joe biden was pulling in like one percent because i thought finally get rid of him for good enough is enough he already ran two other times and was re rejected soundly and why why was he rejected these other times has have things changed no he was rejected because he was a liar. And people had enough of him. He is a liar. He has a long history of being a liar. And it's all on tape. So, he'll lie about everything. And we've spoke about this before, including the circumstances surrounding the death of his wife and daughter, which is disgusting. But he's lied about how he got into politics. 
He said he he was he went. I don't understand. Here's the other thing. He went into a black church. He went to black churches. These are all lies. He got involved with the civil rights movement. If you think, I don't want to hear your your tweets or your emails at me telling me I'm doing the work of the Republican Party. You're doing the work of the Republican Party. This is what we're up against. You think that they're not all in a room now going through all of Joe Biden's very long recorded history of all of his failings. They can attack him from the left and they can attack him from the right and they will be correct. And they will. It's not me. It's not, if I could do this by Googling on YouTube, they can certainly do this. And they are doing it because they got a lot of money to do it. Oh, God. But we don't need a revolution. The pe- here's, let me just play some of the debate that annoyed the hell out of me. Let's see. Here we go. Case for why a revolution is not what the country needs or wants. We have problems we have to solve now. Now, what's a revolution going to do? Yeah, Disrupt- what's a revolution going to do? Well, why bother? Why do you want to do it? What, what are you going to do? Don't do nothing. Why got to bother? But you could, you're the guy, right? You're the guy that gets things done. You're the guy who, he's like Forrest Gump. He's the guy who was, he created the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, even though he was... He wrote the bankruptcy bill, but he didn't write it. The, uh, the lies are beyond. And this is all how the Republican Party, will, the, they will attack him. They will attack him from the left, and they will attack him from the right. This is what makes him weak. He's already come out and said he wants to put B- Beto O'Rourke as the gun czar to get rid of guns. You think that what do you think is going to happen so he'll have people from the left not wanting to vote for him for his long history of trying to dismantle social security voting against women's rights a right to uh, her own um, medical choices in a doctor's office and he'll have the second amendment nuts coming out in droves to vi- to vote against him He's already said, they, there's the ad, where the, he ha, he's been asked, you're going to take people's guns? Bingo, he says, there's an ad right there. It doesn't matter that, right, he said, if it's an assault weapon, you think they're going to put it in context? Bingo. That's why I've been talking about this. It's because I don't want to go through this again, where we lose, but... It's not up to me now. Honestly, uh, we know what's happening. The Democratic National Committee and the powers that be, the, the elites that like America the way it is right now. They worked very hard for many years destroying the middle class. They don't want anybody jumping up and, and having a revolution. What's a revolution? We're not asking. We, and I wish Bernie had reframed this and... In, uh, as an FDR Democrat and not as a revolution. Even though that's exactly what Franklin Roosevelt said. That he, that it was time for 
a revolution for the working class. So there's nothing un-American about working people demanding a seat at the table. We have a long history of government working for working people, putting people to work, period. Democratic socialism, Social Security, Medicare, the CCC, the WPA. What, what happened with the Dust Bowl? It was greed. It was personal, uh, the, just people, selfishness, not thinking about anybody else. That's what created the Dust Bowl. And who came in? It was government that came in and fixed it by planting trees, by putting people to work, planting trees. There was de- a deregulated capitalist government. It's not even government. It's not when you're deregulated to a point where it doesn't matter. You just, you create, that's what, that's how they, I, I wish I, I wish I, I, I have to study more about the Dust Bowl, but that, it is what happened. The um, people created, it was a man-made problem, a catastrophe. And government came in after it was when Franklin Franklin Roosevelt was elected, and they put people to work planting trees. That's what fixed the Dust Bowl. It was government. The same thing that happened with slavery. When you think about it, it's not even when you think about it. When you don't think about it either, they it wasn't the free market that fixed slavery. It was government. We had to go in and say, no, we the people in our government, the government, us, we, are, we don't want slavery anymore. And 500,000 Americans died because the free market didn't want to give up their human property. Anyway. Everything in the meantime? Look, Bernie talks about, excuse me, the senator talks about his Medicare for all. He still hasn't told you how he's going to ever get it passed. Bullshit. He hasn't told you how, in fact, there's any possibility of that happening. He yeah, it's never, it's, it's not fall. a possibility, yeah. right? I thought we can do anything. I'm so sick of this argument. We can do anything in America. Look at how fast they're doing something now when something needs to be done. You don't think something needs to be done when 35,000 Americans needlessly die every year and millions go bankrupt? But they don't need, that's, you see what I'm saying? They don't think that's a problem. That's a design. They designed the system like that. That is a feature, not a bug. You die, oh well. They need their corporate media to get in there and tell you, you got yours, too bad for them. And then they'll do a human interest story about how they had a bake sale for someone's cancer treatment. Unfortunately, the, they could only raise 20,000 that lasted about a week of treatment, but oh well, the community came together and it wasn't in a lovely affair. But they don't think there's anything wrong with the American people dying every day having a catastrophe that affects people it's just because if it affects one family 
Thousands of families have um, catastrophes, emergencies. But you're not supposed to care about that. And you better hope it doesn't happen to you. But it does happen to you. It happens to all of us because we all have a story. Every single American has a story about the effing for-profit, rapacious, disgusting health insurance racket. And I'm, I don't want to hear this goddamn Joe Biden all the time yelling at, at us going, Get up! Get up! We're Americans! We can do anything! And then this bullshit. Cost. He had not tell you how it's going to apply. It doesn't kick in for four years even after it passes. We want a revolution. Let's act now. What's a revolution going to do? Disrupt everything in the meantime? What everything? Bernie talks about, excuse me, the senator talks about his Medicare for all. He still hasn't told you how he's going to ever get it passed. He hasn't told you how, in fact, there's any possibility of that happening. How is that possibility going to happen? Every other goddamn country can do it. But, except us, but we can do anything. Look, Bernie talks about, excuse me, the senator talks about his Medicare for all. He still hasn't told you how he's going to ever get it passed. He hasn't told you how, in fact, there's any possibility of that happening. How is it going to happen? It's not going to happen. Not if if people like Joe Biden are in charge. That ain't going to happen. He's there to tell us what we can and cannot do. If we have to go take out the son of a bitch in Iraq in our latest war of corporate aggression based on lies and thousands of American people have to give their lives needlessly for a war of corporate aggression, then, oh, well, you got to get it done. We're Americans. We can do anything. But if the American people are dying incrementally all over the country, if catastrophes are being visited on American families and they can't afford to go see a doctor when sick or they don't have a sick goddamn day because they can't not go to work without getting paid so you got to go to work when sick and that pain in your side oh well i hope it's not something serious keep plugging away (sighs) but he never tells you how he's gonna get it done how is it gonna be possible how's it gonna be how impossible we could do anything I thought we could do anything, Joe Biden. What is this disconnect between your we can do everything and anything, your beady-eyed, glassy-eyed, thousand-mile stare, screaming, saying we could do anything, get up, get up, get up. And then he never says how he's going to get it done, how he's going to get it passed, how it is possible. It's not possible because of you, Biden, people like you. People who'll sell out their own mothers and then tell you a tear-jerking story that you made up about it. You sell your mother down the river and be like, well, you know, it was a real tragedy when my mother went down the river and there was some uh, guy who drank his lunch and he kidnapped her. Is that a good story? Or maybe it's, um, uh, um, uh, let me wipe a tear. Because I know I've had tragedy. We've all had goddamn tragedy. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little over it. 
when people are, they're so indifferent. Oh, yeah, we know you've had tragedy, so even more. That's why he should be for Medicare for all. His plan, he said on the debate, it's a lie, another lie. He says, my, uh, my plan, we do a public option. We cover everybody. No, his plan leaves 10 million people out. That was supposed to be progress. That's progress, people. 10 million people, oh, well, fuck them. Fuck them, right? That's the country for you. I got mine. And that's what they peddle every single goddamn day. That's what they peddle. How are you going to get it done? He still doesn't say how you're going to pay for it. How are you going to pay for what we're doing now? They're not saying how you're going to pay for it. I know they're coming for Social Security. Trump wants uh, Social Security, a payroll tax cut. Yeah, that's, that'll work in a coronavirus. That'll work when you're a gig worker. But everything is an opportunity to fuck the people. So the next coronavirus-type crisis, there'll be less of a social safety net. I'm sick of this shit. And it's happening again. I do not want to wake up the day after Election Day again and say, I told you so, you effing Democrats. I got called the day after Election Day in 2016. Some telemarketer from the Democratic National Committee called me. Will you give money to the Democrats to fight Trump agenda? Get bring, bring win back the Congress. I was like, you got to be effing kidding me for this poor guy on the phone. He's like, I know, I know, I know. He's like, but look, look, we we have to stand up to to Trump. We have to. They will fundraise off of it. Hell, we're never gonna get anywhere if we don't get the Congress back. We got to get the Congress. This is what he was telling me, and I was like, yeah, I get it. But I was for Bernie. And you effed us over, Democrats. But that's what they're going to do. They're going to call me again the day after they lose. And they'll be fundraising off of it. We must fight back against Trump. Here, give us your donation and maybe wear a pink scarf at the Women's March to show your solidarity. And then we're going to say, I told you so. And you know what the Democratic National Committee will say? That goddamn Bernie Sanders, he did it again. He screwed us again with his divisiveness. When Bernie was doing what we're trying to do, warn these effing insiders, these scum-sucking lickspittles of the establishment, how is it okay they should be just as offended that the Amer- that uh, uh, people can't retire, that people are living check to check, and now that they shut down many jobs, all of a sudden the government's coming to the rescue. It's going to be t- far too little. Mitt Romney wants to give $1,000 to every American. Good luck. 
Like that's gonna hold you over? Yeah, of course, people will pay. That's good. Give me some money. That's great. But it's not going to last. I mean, uh, you need more than $1,000. Are you serious? That's how little they think. But it, how, how fast did Trump bail out th th uh, the stock market? With a blink of an eye. We have to infuse the stock market. Uh, that's what... Uh, but that's Joe Biden, you know, when in the debate, when they talked about the the bailout, the bank bailout, he's like, oh, we had to the uh, bail out the banks because the whole economy would have went down. The whole economy, everyone, whether you had $10 in the bank or $100,000, and they could have bailed out the people, the homeowners, instead of the CEOs, and they paid it back. This is the party line. This is the DLC line. The banks paid it back. Oh, well, isn't that wonderful? Didn't, did you feel, did you feel the windfall when the banks paid back their loan, their bailout? I don't know. I didn't feel it. How come we're still, we, we just went lower on the ladder. The American people just went less than 50% of the population. If the banks were bailed out and we had to keep the economy going because the way they set it up, too big to fail. Not us. We're not too big to fail because we fail all the time. And we have our so-called representatives saying, how are you going to pay for it? How are you going to pay for it when your neighbor has a catastrophic illness or your whatever don't worry about it if it's your neighbor if it's not you just put your head down go to work shut up don't pester your betters and hope you don't get a catastrophic diagnosis because you're you're next and your visits on your family what are you gonna do in this country i know for a fact because my father had alzheimer's and he had to go into assisted living in order to go into assisted living, what do you do? You gotta, you gotta sell off all your assets. You get nothing. That's how it works. You gotta get paid. They gotta get theirs. They're getting paid. Doesn't matter if you're a veteran, you work your whole life, you pay your taxes. It doesn't matter. You're nothing. That's not enough. Never enough. For the ones who have uh, far, far and wide enough. They got too much. Oh, well, that's not right. That's socialism. you goddamn right. It's not, it's not just socialism. It's democracy. Because we are supposed to decide, do we want democracy or do we want oligarchy? Do we want concentrated wealth? Because you can't have both. As Justice Louis Brandeis said, we have to make our choice. We can have democracy or we can have wealth concentrated in the hands of a few, but we can't have both. Well, it's too pie in the sky. Democracy is just too pie in the sky. He hadn't told you how much it's going to cost. He hadn't tell you how it's going to apply. It doesn't kick in for four years even after it passes. So what is this shit? This is what I, all of these arguments, it doesn't kick in until four years after it passes. It's 
rolled in for people like you, Joe Biden, all of the whiners. So those who work in the insurance industry, we can get jobs in other industries and whatnot. You don't just turn it off like a light switch, you scum-sucking lick-spittle of the goddamn banksters, the senator from MBNA. Oh, now all of a sudden he's worried it takes four years to kick in when he's had 40 years to do something except make sure people can't declare bankruptcy. That's what he did with his 40 years. Or passing NAFTA, CAFTA, going on Meet the Press saying that he did a, a, uh, a blood pact with Bob Dole to cut Social Security and all take the political repercussions together like a band of elite brothers in the ivory tower, for God's sakes. A revolution. Let's act now. Pat, Let's act I now. My whole health. Let's do it plan by changing the way in which we deal with capital gains. Yeah, why not? So why not have a wealth transaction? This is what Bernie says. Transaction tax on Wall Street, speculation, and, you know, oh, well, uh, Biden can say he's going to change the taxes on Wall Street. That's how he's going to pay for his plan, which keeps the for-profit health insurance racket intact and still leaves 10 million out, but whatever. Their income taxes, and not at 20%. That would raise $800 billion, pay for my entire medical health care plan, which would cover everyone. No, it wouldn't. He's lying there, too. The fact of the matter is, everything I call for, I pay for. And I do not believe, and I have not supported these exorbitant tax cuts for the wealthy. I strongly oppose the the uh, the tax cut that this president has put through of one trillion nine hundred billion dollars and I said at the time this was all about trying to eliminate the safety net look the idea look, that look fat. Bernie implies the way he says things speaking of negative ads my lord Bernie you're running ads saying I'm opposed to social security <laughs> that this, this is says is a this is priceless my God, Bernie, you're running ads that say I'm opposed to Social Security? Yeah. And guess what? So will Trump. We have a long history of Joe Biden. It's all over YouTube. This is why. Okay, let me just play this. I'll continue this. Flat lie. And that the Washington Post said is a flat lie. Oh, well, and it's the Washington Post yeah, has never right, been wrong, right? Yeah. Have you been on the floor of the Senate? You were in the center for a few years. Yeah. You say time and time. Let me just say they. I researched what Joe Biden said. Is he right? Did PolitiFact say it was a lie that Joe Biden didn't say that he was he was he's been on the floor um, trying to cut Social Security? You know how PolitiFact is. The they rated it mostly false because Joe Biden has recently changed his tune this is what they are saying so it's not like he has advocated for it his entire career because he has recently said he's for he wants to save social security this is what they they the politifact rating is about it's all about parsing and picking and choosing and slicing and dicing the fact is there is 
numerous, there are numerous videos all over the web of Joe Biden proudly, energetically, passionately calling, calling out the liberals in his party. Now that he's supposedly the most progressive candidate in the race, this is what I, I heard the other day, I almost spit, spit my coffee out, but... They, uh, yeah, so they're all over the web. And if you think, it doesn't matter what Trump is doing. We understand he's a liar and he's got no shame. He'll lie about anything. That's clear. But so will Joe Biden. And we have the videos and Trump will play these videos. It doesn't matter if he's trying to attack Social Security. If he says, oh, yeah, we're going to look at these programs. And he's coming after Social Security even now with the, with the, payroll tax cut that he's calling for in the coronavirus. Never a, never a wrong time for Republicans to attack Social Security, even though they have to pretend they're for it. It's all because they want to save it. They're liars. But do you think that Trump will not... It doesn't matter. Do you think that because Biden has recently said... His stance on, he hasn't said it's changed. He's changed his stance on Social Security because now he's the most progressive ever who's ever walked the earth, according to him and his, and his mouthpieces on MSNBC. But do you think that Trump is going to say, oh, well, we can't, we can't run these ads because Biden has changed his tune? Or are they going to do what anybody can do and go on YouTube and get all the clips of Joe Biden for over the years on the TV shows, on uh, giving speeches at the DNC, on the floor of the House and the Senate, calling to cut Social Security, put everything on the table, including Medicare, including veterans' benefits. This is what he's saying. And this is what, Joe, uh, what Bernie is stunned about. And everybody who knows anything is stunned. I was stunned when I was watching it. I could not believe that he had the nerve to lie. But the fact is, he knows that the voters in Florida, the boomers in Florida that are going to vote for him, are they going to go on YouTube and Google it? No. And do you think... That the corporate media, we, they, that's what Bernie says. That's why Bernie says, okay, America, go on YouTube. Because he n- knows that the corporate media isn't going to fact check Joe. They're not going to play these clips. Because they're not in the business of informing the American people. The corporate media is in the business of keeping the people divided and fighting amongst each other and stupid and voting for the same old bullshit, the same old trickle-down oligarchy that destroyed the middle class, that decimated the middle class and made Twitler possible. Those policies, the neoliberal policies that Joe Biden has advocated for for 40 years gave us Donald Trump. And he's, I don't care what he says, uh, he's the most liberal? Forget it. He may think he's the most liberal now, but there's a whole history, recorded history that says otherwise. And they will attack him on it. That's why he's vulnerable. 
That's why he has no passionate support. The only passionate support for him are those who want to get rid of Twitler. And I don't think that's good enough to take this election again over the finish line. Just like Hillary. I, was, I felt better voting for Hillary. I didn't have to hold my nose to vote for her. I know, and I know her history too. I had more confidence in Hillary Clinton doing the right thing than Joe Biden because he has a long history of being nothing but a back-slap-slapping, glad-handing insider who will say anything to anybody if it is politically advantageous. He does. Anybody who can lie about the circumstances of their, the death of their wife and child how low do you have to go? Really, think about how low. What if Bernie Sanders did that? What if Donald Trump did that? We feel like it's disgusting. He'll say anything. He'll do anything. But that's Joe Biden. That's why he's the worst possible candidate of all of them. I mean, they're all, they all sucked except Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. But she's on my last nerve, too. She's another one. <sighs> Let's, Let's uh, continue. Again, talking about the necessity, with pride, about cutting Social Security, cutting Medicare, cutting veterans programs. No. You never no. said that. No. <laughs> All right. It's amazing. America, go to the website right now. Go to the YouTube right now. Time after time. You were not a fan of Bull Simpson? I was not a fan of Bull You were not a fan <laughs> of the balanced budget amendment which called for cuts in Social Security? Come on, Joe, you won't. Look, here's the deal. You're not here's the deal. Tell the truth here. Here's you the deal, fat. Truth. Look, fat. The truth. You said what? that I, in fact, I, why am I rated 96% by the Social Security Organization? Why am I viewed as a strong All supporter? that I said. I have laid out how I will increase Social Security. Well, that's benefits. good. I laid that out. I have laid out Unbelievable. How that it is, in fact, paid for. Jake. Go to JoeBiden.com. Look at my exchange with Paul Ryan on his desire to try to privatize and or cut Social Security. Okay. And understand how he manipulated it. No. All right. Joe, let me repeat it again. I want Bernie you is too nice. This is this is the thing that pissed me off bernie needed to bring it to joe biden he needed to decimate joe but he wasn't going to do that i guess bernie i don't know if he if he understands like maybe it's over for him as far as the presidential nomination it's such an uphill battle and he was he's just trying to enact as much of his agenda and push Biden as far as he possibly can. I don't know. Because I really believe... I, we read that um, that Chris Hedges, Hedges article the other day about Bernie, who is... He's not a, he's not a radical. He's not... Uh, yeah, that part of his problem is that he is a Democratic establishment... Uh, I don't want to say shill, but he's he's kind of deluded in that sense, working with the Democratic establishment, still hoping that he can affect change from the Democratic establishment if he works with them, plays nice with them. When the Democratic establishment 
is not playing nice with him. They are, they'll do anything they'll des- to destroy him. They want him to shut the F up. And Chris Hedges, in, in his article he wrote um, that we read the other day, I think it was called Class, the, the, little, the dirty word that Democrats want you to forget. And, oh, and then, yeah, wait, hold on. That was that. That was one article. And then the, we read, hold on. Hold on, guys. I know. This is the this is why I ask you to become a patron. I appreciate your patience with me. Because if you become a patron and keep not just keep the show going, but growing, maybe one day we'll actually have a staff that can, you know, look this shit up instead of me going, oh yeah, that article. They get handed to me. You know what I mean? Is it on Truth Day? Oh, no, it was uh, Truth Out. That's where it was. Truth Out. Right? Am I wrong? I don't know. Anyway, I'm trying to find this. Where is Chris Hedges? Hold on a second. Let's just keep playing this. American people. I am saying that you have been on the floor of the Senate time and time again, talking about the need to cut Social Security, Medicare, and veterans programs. Is that true or is that no, not true? No, it's not true. What that is, is not true? That is not true. What is true is... <laughs> he can't believe it. ...negotiations that are taking place, how to deal with the deficit, everything was on the table. I did not support any of those cuts <laughs> in Social Security or in veterans... Whoa, benefits. whoa, whoa. You, you, everything was on the table. All right, you're right. You just said it. Including, in your judgment, cuts the Social Security and Veterans. In order to get the kinds of changes we need on other okay. things related. Joe, then but you I just. Didn't, but we did not cut it. I, I know, because people like me. That's right. But, Joe, you oh, just on, contradict. Joe, oh, come on, Bernie, he says. Yourself. One Bernie. minute, you, excuse me. One minute you said, I was not on the floor. The next minute you say, oh, no. well, yes, there was a reason why I was worried about the deficit. Maybe that's good reason, maybe it's not. All that I am saying is you were prepared to cut and advocated for the cuts let, of let, programs. Just, let me, I did not. I never voted to cut social security. Nobody said voted, do you see? The, the parsing, the words. He never voted. It didn't get there. Well, look, I voted to protect look, it. Look, I was look, fat. Go look, look fat. Let's go look at debate with Paul Ryan. Him and that fucking Paul Ryan debate. And Bernie, will you acknowledge your campaign took out of context that whole exchange between Paul Ryan. What? Are you saying PolitiFact is wrong? Are you saying yeah, well, yeah. the Post? It's not that they're wrong. They, but, no, are they wrong on that, Bernie? They're splitting hairs. Joe, Bernie, Joe, did you miss Joe, did you? Wait a minute. I'll answer your question. You answer mine. <laughs> I answered yours. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. All right. One more time. Were you on the floor, time to time, for whatever reason, talking about the need to cut Social Security? And Medicare and veterans program. No, I did not talk about the need to cut any of those programs. Okay, all that I would say to the American people, go to YouTube. It's all over the place. Joe said it many, many times, and I'm surprised. You know, you can defend that or change your mind on it, but you can't deny the reality. So, Senator, because you brought up Social Security yeah. and you've been talking uh, about it, I want to ask you about something that you wrote in 1996. You were a member of the House, 
and you wrote an op-ed that said, quote, it is clear we will have to make incremental adjustments in Social Security taxes and benefits. Yeah. Why are your past comments any less relevant than... Incremental adjustments, what I advocated, adjustments that I advocated and have advocated for years is, among other things, increasing That's right. the cost of living assistance. No, you're not going to find... Just Why does incremental adjust, uh, adjustments... Why is that automatically cutting it? You know, that's what she's saying. She's insinuating. But, of course, don't expect CNN, who have a staff, and they have interns, and they have access to LexisNexis, and every uh, news gathering, or, you know, whatever it might, might be, anything that will help them, unlike me. Then I'm here on, on Google trying to get up a clip here. And they could cut to Joe Biden even after the debate. If they didn't want to interrupt and they didn't want to interrupt the candidates, they could have done uh, the, when they went back to the punditry instead of them talking about how Biden did so well. He won the debate and he certainly has pretty much shorn up this nomination, why don't they get on there and say, well, Bernie was right. There are many clips of Joe Biden advocating cutting Social Security. And here's some of them. Here's just a handful of them. Because that's, we know the answer to that question. They're not, in the, they're not in the business of informing the American people. They're in the business of keeping the people in their place. It's like the old days in uh, the oligarchy of the, of the kind of system that the founders fought a revolution to escape. They had the church. The church was part of the apparatus that kept people in their place. In our system, in our neo-feudal corporate oligarchy... We have, we have the church. We, we certainly do, but it's not as because there is a slim wall between church and state. Not much anymore. Republicans are working on that. But we have the corporate media. They're filling in the gap. So you have the church. Some people, they rely on the church. The church tells them, now we have a very strong right-wing church that keeps people... That helps divide this country up, and they're they they should be you know they should not have a say in government. But Republicans are continually um, erasing the line of separation. But ultimately, because of concentrated media, the concentrated media do fills in that old role that the church used to play. The concentrate, just like in the old days, church, the, the, this part of, you know, when Henry VIII separated from the church and created the Church of England, he went against all of the other European countries who, according to the church, the Catholic Church in particular, they derive their power directly from God as anointed by the church. Here in the United States of serfs and lords, the political class, our so-called representatives, they get their power not necessarily from the Catholic Church. Of course not. They get it from 
the political class on or the elites who own the corporate media. They are anointing their candidate, just like back in the old days, in the kind of system the founders fought a revolution to escape, they, they, that the church, the church anointed the kings and queens and, and the ruling class and gave them power, legitimized their power. Now we have corporate media filling that same role here in the United States of Serfs and Lords. Corporate media anointing Joe Biden and, uh, and anyone, any other candidate who knows what side of uh, the revolution they are on. The corporate media will have no revolution here. No, no, no. They're not here. They're not, they don't exist. The corporate media is not in business to empower the people. They are in business. They're not even in business to inform the people, clearly. Because it's a, it's a disgusting disgrace, the corporate media. If you ever look at or you get a glimpse of BBC or foreign media, you want to cry. Because they're actually giving the people news. They're informing them. And it's not just news. It's news from all over the world. What's going on in different countries, including Africa? When was the last time you had a story about Africa here in the United States of serfs and lords? On, on the bastion, the liberal media. All they do are they have right-wing Democrats and, and right-wing Republicans sitting around talking about what the people want. What the people... People don't want revolution. People don't want... What the hell do you know what the people want? They tell you what the people want. That's the purpose of the corporate media, anointing their king, Joe Biden. And Joe Biden, he's dancing with the ones who brought him. Do not make any mistake, because he may have launched his campaign. He launched his campaign saying how much he hates Nazis. Yeah, okay. Bold stance, Biden. And he went right from that video announcing his campaign, went right from there from uh, wherever that was, you know, he announced his campaign and he went, the first fundraiser, he went to a, somebody's private home, a rich person's private home who um, was, I think, uh, not only who it wasn't, it was a very rich person's home, but also including the guests uh, of this fundraiser were lobbyists from the insurance racket and um, fundraisers for John Boner and Paul Ryan. So give me an effing break. Oh, he's so against Paul Ryan. No, it, they're all the, they're the same. They're two sides of the same coin. Joe Biden and the corporate media Corporate media is constantly telling us what we want, the people want. We don't want revolution. We don't want, we, we want um, incremental change. When the planet's on fire, people can't retire. A coronavirus crisis tells us just how weak and inadequate our social effing so-called safety net is. 
and you know they're, they're still up there the people don't want they want normalcy they just want a normal president really well then why aren't we electing someone who doesn't call people fat who doesn't tell voters to that let's have a push-up contest I don't know. It doesn't matter. Joe Biden could do. Could you imagine if Bernie Sanders challenged a voter to a bush, a push-up contest and called him fat? What would the corporate media do? Think about it. That's how you know what we're up against. Yeah, let's continue. All that I would say to the American people, go to YouTube. It's all over the place. Yeah, just go to YouTube on your own because the corporate media ain't going to do their job. They're not going to go on YouTube and play these clips for you. Then or change your mind on it, but you can't deny the reality. So, Senator, because you brought up Social Security and you've been talking about it. I want to ask you about something oh, that you we wrote already in played this. I have you this other video. House, and you wrote an op-ed that said, quote, it is clear we will have to make incremental adjustments in Social Security taxes and benefits. Yeah. Why are your past comments any less relevant than incremental adjustments? What I advocated, adjustments that I advocated and have advocated for years is, among other things, increasing the cost of living assistance. No, you're not going to find me ever calling for cuts to Social Security. Right now, for example, we determine COLAs by looking at inflation for the general population rather than segregating the higher costs that seniors are paying for prescription drugs and for health care. That's what I was talking about. I have, in fact, when Joe and others were in avid with the so-called bold Sipset effort, which included cuts to Social Security or raising the retirement age, I formed, along with people like Barbara Boxer, the Defending Social Security Caucus to say no. When 20% of our seniors are trying to get by on $13,000 a year or more, we are not going to cut Social Security. Well, wait a minute. I was trying to find this other video. Here's another video from the debate. Hold on. Hold on. Yes, Junior, let me see. Wait a minute. Let's move the camera down a little so you can see Junior. There we go. <laughs> That's Tara Junior for all those who are in the know and are not in the know. That's Tara Junior Junior, I mean. He's the namesake of a very amazing cat who I loved. And his name was Tara Jr. This is Tara Jr. Jr. Okay, here's a clip. Here, I put this video together for YouTube after the debate. It's the same that we just um, listened to, but it's also it's intercut with clips of Joe Biden advocating cuts in Social Security. Have you been on the floor of the Senate? You were in the Senate for a few years. Yeah. Time and time again, talking about the necessity, with pride, about cutting Social Security, cutting Medicare, cutting veterans programs. No. You never said that. No. Whatever happened. It's unbelievable. Conservative discipline about paying for conservative discipline. I'm up for re-election this year, and I'm going to remind everybody what I did at home, which is going to cost me politically. 
Yeah, those I, damn liberals. I we should freeze federal spending. I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant what the I F? meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. Somebody has to tell me in here how we're going to do this hard work without dealing with any of those sacred cows. Sacred Joel, cows. Let me repeat it again. I want you just to be straight with the American people. I am saying that <laughs> it's unbelievable on the floor of the Senate time and time again talking about the need to cut Social Security Medicare and veterans programs. Is that true or is that no, not true? No, it's not true. What that is, is not true? That is not true. What is Bernie true can't is, believe it. Look at his face. In terms of the negotiations that are taking place, how to deal with the deficit, everything was on the table. I did not support any of those cuts in Social Security. I didn't support oh, any whoa. of the cuts that I railed about, uh, railed for. I didn't support any of the cuts that I pushed and, and prodded everybody to cut. Oh, you, you, everything was on the table. All right, you're right. You just said it, including, in your judgment, cuts to Social Security and veterans. In order to get the kinds of changes we need on other okay. things related. Joe, then but you I just... Didn't, but we did not cut it. I, I know, because people like me helped stop that. I introduced the balanced budget amendment in 1984. It got no... Look way. at him. He's so I'm passionate. Democrats who voted for the constitutional amendment to balance the budget. I have introduced on four occasions... Unbelievable. Four it... occasions, entire plans to balance the budget, knowing I'm not president and I'm not the leader. Ugh. But for illustrative purposes. I tried with Senator Grassley back in the 80s to freeze all government spending, including Social Security, wow. including everything. Aren't one you brave? Were you I love this. Look, it's like one more time. Including Social Security, including everything. All right. One more time. <laughs> Were you on the floor time and time again, for whatever reason, talking about the need to cut Social Security and Medicare and veterans programs? No, I did not talk about the need to cut Look any at of those Bernie. programs. We have a deficit. We have Social Security and Medicare looming. The number of people on Social Security and Medicare is now 40 million people, it's going to be 80 million in 15 years. Would you consider looking at those programs, age of eligibility, Absolutely. cost of living, put Absolutely. it all in? Absolutely. I'm a strong, I mean, you know, strong man. One of the things that my, you know, the, the political advisors say to me is, whoa, don't touch whoa, that third rail. Whoa, whoa, don't oh. touch that third rail. Don't touch the, when you're going after the politically unconnected and weak, you know, we got to, we got to stick together us white powerful men we gotta do whoa 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 look how strong i am when i'm going after people who are choosing between rent and medicine whoa 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 nobody they don't have a key to the senate gym or sauna so fuck them i got good health care but whoa 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 you mean if a la old lady got to eat cat food or, you know, I don't know, move in? Move in with your daughter. Move into the basement, old lady. You know, this is America. We can do anything except take care of each other and make sure that we have a functioning democracy that works for all and a middle class that, that actually has a say and a seat at the table. We can do anything, but, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, 
They said, don't touch that third rail because people find it unseemly when you're you're going after the vulnerable and politically unconnected. But they're politically unconnected for a reason. They don't pay the they don't pay me at a I, you know there's no super PACs I'm not meeting with uh, Mrs Old Lady at her in her basement apartment I'm meeting with with bundlers and Paul Ryan and John Boner's lobbyists and health insurance racketeers you know rich people powerful people people that got medic they don't need Medicaid or anything they got they, they don't have, it doesn't matter. They got, you want health insurance? They got enough health insurance for themselves. Forget it. We got to go after those. They don't like when you go after them. They, they want me to go after the old. And now I'm on here. I'm on this corporate media telling everybody how brave I am that I hooked up with Republicans to go after the Mrs. Old Lady choosing between medicine and cat food. Well, should, should she eat cat food? I mean, how did that become a thing when people said old ladies eat cat food? Or That's because it was an actual thing. These are the consequences of cutting a social safety net. It's not like it doesn't exist. We have Americans in this country that die because they're rationing insulin, things like that. They don't die in Canada from rationing insulin because they don't have to ration it. Filthy bastard. American people aren't stupid. Yes, they are. It's a real simple proposition. (laughs) We have to do, you and I were talking about Bob Dole earlier. Bob Dole, yes. I was the junior I was the guy. In the meeting with Bob Dole, George Mitchell, when we put Social Security in the right path for 60 years. I'll never forget what Bob Dole said. After we reached an agreement about gradually raising the retirement age, et cetera, he said, Yeah, because you that when you're driving an Uber, you can still drive at 80 if you're still alive. Why not? You got to know the dignity of work. I mean, you could still, if you're in the Senate, in the cushy-ass Senate, you can still be an old bastard. You know, but you're not, they don't really work. That's the thing. They, it's not really work shaking hands or glad-handed and back-slapping at a cocktail party at some bankster's private mansion. Oof, this makes me so sick our foot in the boat one at a time and we put our foot step like you stepping into a boat fuck you this pisses me off deal. so much if any one of the challengers running against incumbent democrat or republicans attacks us on this point we'll all stay together yes That's we're a band of brothers band so of rich white brothers Medicare, rich powerful gorilla in the room. brothers and you've got to put all of it on the table everything everything you've got to Okay, all that I would say <laughs> to the American people, go to YouTube, Sickening. it's all over the place. Joe said it many, many times, and I'm surprised, you know, you can defend that or change your mind on it, but you can't deny the reality. Yeah, well, you can, especially if you have an entire corporate media apparatus at your back. This is what we're up against. And here's another thing from the debate that pissed me off. That it is a woman's right 
to control her own body. Not that part. No, the government. Uh, I have believed that we have got to move aggressively to deal with domestic violence in this country. I have aggressively and, and, and I think effectively made the case that we cannot have women in America earning 80 cents on the dollar compared to men. And if you're a minority woman, it's 50 or 60 cents on the dollar. We need to have universal, uh, affordable, high-quality child care so women who are single or married can go off to work and know that their kids are going to be well taken care of. So I think oh, if that's you look just at too radical. Agenda, which is on BernieSanders.com, what you will find, it is a very strong agenda in fighting for the rights of women who today are under incredible political but assault. But Joe Biden, though, Trump he's more electable, right? Across this country. Vice President Biden. Biden. respond to that? Please. Yes, thank you. Number one, uh, I agree going? with, uh, with the, uh, the question, uh, the, the, the underlying <clears throat> premise of Amy's uh, question. Number one, I committed that if I'm elected president, have an okay. opportunity to appoint someone to the courts, will be a, I'll appoint the first black woman to the courts. It's required that they have representation now. It's long overdue. Secondly, oh, wonderful. If I'm elected that's president, all my, that's all it takes. Cabinet, that's change you can believe in. look like the country. And I commit that I will, in fact, appoint a, I'll pick a woman to be vice president. Oh, well, thank you, my lord. President tomorrow. I would pick a woman to be my vice president. Number three, I'm the guy that wrote the domestic violence law, and I'm the guy that put in the, the prohibitions. You're the guy, I know. Someone else should be able to own You did it all. You've done period. everything should not be able to own that was gun. good. I would get the boyfriend exception. I will tell you. Uh, 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 amend it. Now I've gotten it passed that if you are get a stay away order from a court, you have a child with someone, you cannot own a gun. No one should be able to own a gun who has abused a woman. Period. Mr. Mr. Yeah. Vice President, if I could just follow up. Just to be clear, you just committed here tonight that your running mate, if you get the nomination, will be a woman? Yes. Oh, wow. Senator yes. Sanders. Amazing. Like See, may everyone? I just respond. Happy days again. Um, right now. There you go. That's, that's change you can believe in. Yes. Joe, you have in the past on more than one occasion, voted for the Hyde Amendment, <laughs> which says that uh, a woman, low-income woman, could not use Medicaid funding for an abortion. Is that still your view, or have you modified it? It is not my view. It's not my view. And by the way, everybody who has been in the Congress voted for the Hyde Amendment at one point or another because Except it was Bernie. locked in other bills. The reason why I affirmatively came out opposed to the Hyde Amendment was that if we're going to have public funding for all health care, along the line. There is no way you could allow for there to be a requirement that you have Hyde Amendment, a woman who doesn't have the money could not have coverage under health care. Well, Number I'm one. glad. Number That's two, and I, I've done that, I did that a while ago, okay? Number one. Number two, I would send immediately to the desk of the United States Congress when I'm elected president, if I'm elected president, <clears throat> a codification of Roe v. Wade amended by Casey, because I think it is a woman's right to choose I think it's a woman's opportunity to be able to make that decision. And, in fact, I've gotten 100 percent rating from NARAL as well. Senator Sanders, before we move on, I just want to you, get you me, to respond. You have a lifetime 100 percent voting record from NARAL? I know my record of late <laughs> Recently. from NARAL has been 100 Again. I don't know whether it was 25 years ago. You uh, don't know. Right. I mean, I think one of the You'd like to forget. To, you know, pick a bone here is I have been <laughs> Why consistent. not, Bernie? All right. I've pick a bone. That and you have not. I'm glad you have changed 
your views. Senator, yeah. just to be clear, the vice president committed to picking a woman as his running mate. If you get the nomination, will you? Uh, in all likelihood, I, I will. Uh, for me, it's not just uh, nominating uh, or, uh, a woman. It is making sure that we have a progressive women, and there are progressive women out there. So my very strong tendency is to move in that direction. Well, there you go. But that's not, ch is that change you can believe in? You need, a, it's all about identity politics, right? It's like, the, it's like Pete Buttigieg. Oh, we have a gay candidate. How wonderful. Doesn't matter what policies he advocates for. And that's why, oh, well, Bernie, he parsed it. Someone, I saw someone on the corporate media, of course, criticizing Bernie for parsing whether he'll choose a female running mate. But that's why they, they think we're stupid. And some of us are. It's not just enough to pick a woman. It's do they share your values? There are plenty of Republican women. Who's he going to pick? Who's Joe Biden going to pick? Because he's already said he will pick a, he might pick a Republican. Remember that? Yeah, sure, I'd pick a Republican running mate. Who's he going to pick? Condoleezza Rice? She's a Republican. Nikki Haley? She's a Republican. Maybe this is the fusion ticket that will bring the country together. That's what these corporate lickspittles think is really dividing us. Oh, it's Republicans against Democrats. No, it's conservatism against progressives. It's rich against poor. That's what the real fight is about. And even if, and then this is why these corporate media, the corporate media and the Democratic establishment are 100% wrong. They have created the divided states of serfs and lords that by their trickle-down policies, their neoliberal policies created the atmosphere, they seeded the ground that made Twitler possible. And just picking a woman, and even if that woman is a Republican, that's not what we need. The problem is that we have a government that is owned by big-moneyed interest, and whether they have a D after their name or an R after their name, doesn't matter because they're all working for the same big moneyed interests and you think that that even if joe biden picked a republican woman big effing deal let's say he picks a a, a democratic woman there are what is he gonna amy klobuchar she's a woman but she's another corporate lick spittle another one of these republican light I can bring people together by peddling the same Republican policies that turned this government into an appendage of the affairs of billionaires. This government that votes uh, 100% of the time to advance the interests of the rich while making the working class the working poor. And that's what it's about. It's not just about somebody who's a, a, a woman, but this is what the new Democratic Party sells us. That's change you can believe in. It's not real change. It's not Medicare for all. It's not a retirement. It's not having the same standard of living your grandparents considered their birthright. It's an outside illusion, p putting wallpaper on, on a crumbling wall, pretending that everything on the outside actually matters while you're hanging by a thread.
And that's not change. So what? What really was disappointing about, about President Obama was that, oh, yeah, woo-woo-woo-woo-wee. We? we had a first person of color in the, to become the president, someone who wasn't white, let's put it that way. But he, was a, he, he gave us a lot of very um, Republican policies, and that was part of the problem. That's why the Democratic Party lost in the midterms when there was a big, giant wipeout. You know, everybody says how, what a genius Nancy Pelosi is. But she's lost thousands and thousands of, rep- of, of seats during her time and tenure of Democratic representatives because they peddle Republican policies. And then the Republicans get, they get power. The, the reason the, what happened after um, the midterms, Obama, they, they always give Obama a pass. They say, oh, he couldn't have a public option. Meanwhile, if we had a public option in the Obamacare in the Democratic, it's not the Democrat, the Republicans' health care plan. That's what Obama gave the Republicans and the United States, the Republican health care plan. There was no, they always give him a pass saying he uh, had to take the public option off the table. It was, that's, but he never, what did he fight for? He took the public option off the table before the negotiations began. That's what happened. And that's what gave, that's what brought the for-profit health insurance racket to the table. He was trying to get them to sign on to his plan instead of fighting against the plan. So he put the, he took the public option off the table. And then th- what happened, they, they blame, um, what's his name? Lieberman. But Lieberman, he was in transient, and his wife, Lieberman's wife, who works for the insurance racket, she, uh, what happened, it wasn't, it wasn't the public option that Lieberman was fighting against. It was reducing the Medicare eligibility, eligibility age to f- age 55. And, and Lieberman dug his heels in and took that off the table. And in the midterms, when the Democratic Party was wiped out and when, we lo- remember when Ted Kennedy's seat went to a Republican for the first time in in hundred years or whatever it was. It was because Obama had sold out the liberal ideas that, of course, they all run on on the campaign trail. Obama put Social Security on the table and took the public option off the table. That's why people in Massachusetts, this is what happens. They were demoralized. And I, I distinctly remember after this happened that the Democrats, what happens is the Democratic, you know, the insiders, whatever, and, and, their, and their mouthpieces, they all go, oh, well, you're the ones. It's the progressives. They were the ones that gave us this defeat because they were, they were butthurt about Obama and they didn't show up to the polls and now we have these Republicans everywhere. That's not what happens. They never look in the mirror and say the reason why people are not, they're not involved in politics is because they're, it's by design. They get demoralized by it. They, they see that it doesn't matter how many 
marches they go to, how many doors they knock on. You're up against big moneyed interests. There are people like you and me that will never give up, that, that are always involved, that are always doing our part and showing up and reading about politics and staying involved. But there are others who are too busy working their three uniquely American low-paying jobs or whatever, and they may get involved. And there are some, that's what happens. They get demoralized and they say, fuck it. I can't deal with this shit. I, I, life is too short. We're up against, this is, I'm David and they're Goliath and they're going to win. So I'm going to spend my time doing what I want to do. I'm going to ride my bike. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to walk my dog. I'm going to worry about my family. I'm not, and I need to leave politics alone because I'm, uh, for my own mental health. I know many people like that too. And that's what happened. So when you don't give somebody something to vote for, they're not going to go out and vote. So this is why just voting against Twitler is not enough. And by the time the election rolls around and we have one, one drug-addled old cracker against another who's uh, lost a step, talking about push-up contests and look fat and, uh, and, you know, get up, America, we can do everything and anything except everything and everything we need to do. Who's going to show up? Yes, there, there will be a lot of people who will vote. I'm going to be one of them. You'll be, be another. But many people, this is what happened in the 2016 election, they didn't show up to the polls. But it's because you're not giving them anything to show up for. Is it enough just to hate Twitler? A lot of these people who aren't paying attention, they, they don't care. They keep hearing on the corporate media who does the bidding for, of the elites how, the, how great the stock market is and how great the economy is, regardless of what's going on in their lives. Doesn't matter if they're, they, they got to sell everything that grandma ever earned to pay for her nursing home and they have nothing to, she has nothing to leave to her family or, you know, because they got to get paid the insurance racket. You got to give them, they got to get their due. This is the United States of serfs and lords. You're nothing but a host from which to suck profit from which these parasites suck profit. And back, I have to say, the, one of the things about the first Gilded Age, at least the working class understood what they were up against. They knew their enemies. They knew that, they, that the rich were riding them to the bank. They weren't pining to be trickled upon or hoping that... Um, that Jay Gould or, or uh, Andrew Carnegie meet them for a beer. But not in here, not in this, uh, oh, our capitalist society that has to have a, a lot of socialism. It doesn't work. I'm sorry, capitalism doesn't work unless you have regulation, democratic socialism, stepping in and saying, these are the rules of the game. But anyway, who am I? I'm nobody. I'm just on, I'm, uh, I'm on YouTube.
<sighs> and they got the corporate media. So, and we're in big, big trouble. The all, and like I was saying earlier, if the coronavirus, that's great. It's good in a way because it shows what a fraud Twitler is. But it's going to be a couple of months. And by that time, Twitler's going to be singing his same old song. Poor me, poor me. I'm a victim. Fake news. And are people going to... You, you, you will have the, the Twitler base that are motivated and passionate to save this con man's ass no matter what. And then what you do uh, is there a passionate joe biden base the only passionate base are the anti-twitlers that hate this mother effer and will do whatever it takes and vote for whoever to get rid of him yeah uh, but then you'll have others who like we we're talking about that are going to stay home they haven't then they, they, they don't you know it's like the people who voted for goddamn Jill Stein or whatever. They're they're done with the Democratic Party. They're sick of it. They're sick of of the same, two sides of the same coin. They want real change. They're, They're sick of the scam. But anyway, all right, what time is it, guys? I've been on for two hours already. And I haven't checked in with you at all. I am sorry about that. Like I said, guys, there's a, there is a new Discord server. Please join it. Here's the link. I'll put it in there uh, on the chat link. And don't leave the server when you're when you want to leave just leave you know what i mean don't stay on the server and i put a picture of francis jr jr and you're free feel free to add links to add whatever i don't know give me some suggestions of what kind of channels you want in there too you could post articles that you would like others to read or maybe me to read so we can discuss. Do you know what I'm saying? And in between shows, we can stay in touch. And if you want to get somebody's attention, remember you have to tag them as well. So it'll, and you could set your notifications that you'll either get all of the chat, no matter who is chatting, or only if you're tagged. So there you go. We have to, we'll have to build this community. That's one good way we can all stay in touch. And what else? Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Eventually we will have a daily show. That's the goal. And if you become a patron of, of Tara Buster, you're also a patron of RDT Daily, which is a liberal website with original content and um we also have a facebook page that we make liberal content and this is what we need to fight the fascists it's it is what it is there is no coincidence there's a reason why 
why they poured, why Fox News poured half a billion dollars into Fox News before it turned a profit because they know that it matters, media matters, that we need, uh, having a platform matters, getting the word out matters. And that's what we're doing here. I believe that. We're also building a community of, of like-minded people and maybe some who aren't 100% minded, like-minded, but you're welcome to. And stick around. Uh, I believe that the liberal, it's liberals' policies built the middle class. This is a, a, this country was founded by liberals. It wasn't founded by conservatives or on uh, uh, Judeo-Christian values like conservatives like to say. It was founded by students of the liberal age of enlightenment. Who, and they, if there was nothing more progressive than overthrowing a king in an aristocracy, and that's what they did. And there's nothing more progressive than taking the tea, the untaxed tea. Uh, of that belonged to the East East India Company, which was a corporation that had its tentacles in the British Parliament, and all of the lords of the Parliament had uh, they were making money on this private company, and they insisted that the colonists. This is what happened. They that they uh, they needed to... It was basically closing down local businesses. It was kind of like the Walmart of its day. So when the tea came into the, into the Boston Harbor, they were pricing the local tea shops out of the market. So the colonists, of course, because they were racist too, they, and, but racism was like breathing at the time, and, and misogyny as well. They dressed up as Native Americans, and they committed a million-dollar act of vandalism against a private corporation that was chartered by the British Parliament. And because they were, they were taxing the tea and, uh, uh, of the colonists and pricing the colonists out of the market, so the local businesses... And that's why they committed an act of vandalism. So this country was founded by radicals, by people who said hell no to the king, that stood up to the aristocracy and said we don't need an aristocracy. Of course, we had a lot of, you know, I mean, wait, I have to put the cat down. Of course, there's hypocrisy involved. We understand this. Because these were men, when they wrote all men were created equal, they meant men. They didn't mean women, and they didn't mean black or, uh, or people who were non-white in any sense of the word. They weren't men, and they weren't equal, that's for sure. So we have a long way to go. And the story of America is we have ex- extremely progressive founding promises, but... The closer we get to actualizing those principles in our founding documents, the more that the power structure and the right-wing men, and then the, the men, the elite in the ivory tower, 
have uh they rebel they rebel against us they but they're winning because they have the money they have the mechanisms of propaganda and they have a lot of uh stockholm syndrome suffering dupes to go along with it just like the like the the those who stood up against the king they had to fight against the loyalists there were many people who lived here americans who were appalled at the american revolution they they were the loyalists these were the conservatives of their day now if this were 1776 i we say about the republicans they would be the loyalists the conservatives they'd be the loyal joe biden would be a loyalist you think he would be a, a colonist a uh, a radical who stood up to the king no way Bernie Sanders would be, he would be uh, like Ben Franklin rising up against the king. Joe Biden would be like, that's too pie in the sky. We can't do that. We can't have a government that works for all of, by, and for the people. What is that? How are you going to pay for that? That's, uh, that's too pie in the sky. It's always been this way. We've always had a king and an aristocracy. We don't want too f- we don't want a revolution. That's too radical. Well, let's just make some incremental change. Like let's have you know, some a more e- equitable distribution of I don't know what we'll do. Well, if uh it's like the Magna Carta, that was the incremental change. When the lords and the barons stood up to the king, they were uh, having their rights stepped upon by the king. They were like, you know, you're going to sign this or die. Um, But it wasn't for the people. That was just for the aristocracy. So, you know, then here we're still fighting. It's always been. The story of Western civilization is the story of the people against the aristocracy sometimes the people are against the aristocracy other times there's always been a contingent of people of course but many people for years they they decry the uh anyone who would rise up who dare challenge the intergenerational aristocracy forget it there that's your natural lord just like the priests would tell them in church that rebellion is not just ni- uh, un- not it's not just nasty it's not just uh mean or uh or it's it's not just illegal it's a sin against god you're rising up against your natural lord if if you were meant to be in the aristocracy you would have been born into it you were if you were rich you were you remain rich if you were poor you remain poor and now here in the united states of serfs and lords trust me i believe i've been talking about this we've we've spoke about this before that if you had a time machine and you went into the future the way it's going we would have an intergenerational aristocracy again the democracy would be gone we would have local elections, that would be it, but we'd have an intergenerational aristocracy and oligarchy, and the rich would run everything, 
and we'd be back to square one. Forget the revolution, but they'd all be wrapped in the flag. Just like in ancient Rome, how they, even up to the last days of the, of the empire, they were still carrying plaques that said, for the Senate and people of Rome. It didn't matter how they were, <laughs> they were living under the thumb of, a, uh, or, of an autocrat. They still believed they were, they, they had a republic. So, anyway, how's everyone doing? I did get two super chats tonight. Patricia gave me a super chat, I, I do believe. And of course, Jim super chatted, as he always does. So thank you. If you can afford to super chat, please do. If you can't, think about becoming a patron. How much is that? Even $2 a month. That's like a, less than a cup of coffee for guaranteed four shows a month and weekday specials, which range from between one and two shows. And then you have all the clips that were put together. And it helps. It's where we're going. We have to get, we need, we got a long way to go. Let's put it that way. But we will get there a step at a time. That's how you win. You don't give up and you just keep doing it a step at a time. You, you take one step at a time. Oh my God. I want to vomit. I just, oh my God. If I got to look at this, you got to look at this. I, I'm looking at, at uh, Twitter right now. Do you want to puke? What is that? The hell am I looking at? Are you dis? Are you wanna? This is what. Oh my god! I can't even find the words. What is that? These two assholes. These two waste of human DNA. Yeah, I don't know why that's on anybody's Twitter feed. I, did, I went over to Twitter to see what was going on, and someone had posted it. Go Rose, go Rose. All right, let's. We got some. I'm gonna probably. What time is it? Eight thirty. All right. We'll we'll see how. F I gotta get to sleep sometime. So, here's something that happened today. Did you see Twitler's press conference? Poor, poor Twitler. He's such a victim. Here's a clip. I think this is towards the end of the press conference. The World Health Organization offered testing kits that they had available to the United States and to give it to us now, we refused it. We didn't want to buy them. PolitiFact says the WHO number made that offer. Can you tell us? Well, that's what I heard. And I'm going to let Tony answer that question or some, whoever's best at answering that. But I do have to say, when you talk about politics, I watched the debate. Not too exciting. But what they said about Whatever. Me, 
and we've done a great job. When you talk about... You see, he's upset that he's getting bad mouth for his response to the coronavirus, even though he made it worse. His own... By his own words, his priority was keeping the numbers down, not testing people, because when you test people, you get the full information because people with the coronavirus are walking around they are asymptomatic some of them and they're spreading the virus so that's how it spreads you you don't have to feel sick to spread it that's why you would like to take a test and the thing with the test as well is that just because you take a test and test negative today you may be you could catch it you could still catch it but he didn't want the test. The WHO was going to give us the test. But he wants, you got to make money here in the United States as serfs and lords. He wants a private company to make money. But on top of that, he didn't want the test because he likes the numbers where they are. That's what he said. Even when there was that, there is still a, a cruise ship of those infected and some people who aren't infected but are on this cruise ship he doesn't want the people to disembark the cruise ship because then that will raise the numbers and he likes the numbers where they are that's what he said at the time but now he's he's crying because he's not getting the accolades he knows he deserves if anybody knows how unfair he's been treated, it's him. And how much he deserves our thanks, it's him. We should thank him. He had to... This is what I even hear from dumb fucking trump They say, he gave up his, his wonderful lifestyle as the king of the world... Uh, at the top of the tacky hotel industry, the tacky, shitty branding uh, hotel industry. He wasn't even building anything. He was just putting his crappy name on on the side of a tacky hotel here and there. And he gave up this fabulous lifestyle to help us, to save us from the black president. Thank you, my lord. This this con man who received fewer votes, this tax-cheating, draft-dodging, dictator-envying, sexual predator was having a fabulous life. And he has lamented about this before. He said, I was had such a great life before. And I... He feels like we all need to thank him. We're just ingrateful and it's the fake media the fake ass news is not reporting how wonderful he is and poor poor him not not being bipartisan uh, what they said about me and if you look at uh, swine flu the oh yes uh, uh, the whole thing and i guess oh it was he made it and it was obama obama it was a catastrophe according to trump and on right-wing media it's all Oh, Obama was, uh, he, um, he killed people who had swine flu and all these death, death. That's the other thing that Trump keeps saying. We don't, we want very little death. Oh, see, I said, I'm sorry, my, my, my throat just went. But that's what he says. Death, death. 
We want very little death. And uh, what they did and the mistakes mm. they've made, uh, they were terrible. They were horrific mistakes. What, what, name them. This is the thing that Twitler does. And so any, uh, so do the, the, any uh, corporate media mouthpiece for, on Fox News, very little. It's like the Bernie bro thing that drives me insane. They always say, oh, so terrible. These Bernie bros, so terrible. Oh, they're so abusive. They're all over. They're pervasive. They're, they don't know how to behave. It's terrible, terrible, horrible. But I never see any examples that's exactly what he's doing here. And this is the tactic of any propagandist. It's horrible, terrible things going on. You, it's the worst. You, you look what, what happened. Look at what they did. It's terrible. And they hurt a lot of people. But no, what the fuck are you talking about? Examples? You have an example? But, of course, what is the press corps doing? Sitting there. They're not doing anything. I don't understand why are they there. What is the point of sitting in a con man's so-called press room giving him a platform for his lives? That he can just amplify the propaganda, amplify the lies for the moron, and we hear about his tone? Who cares? On Twitter... They're one of the pro- the White House press, whatever, mouthpieces. Maggie Haberman. The measures the president announced and his tone were sus- substantially different today. That's news? A fucking tone. The con man's tone was somber. Who gives a shit? It's like... This is why this fucking country is swirling around the toilet. This is news. An orange con man with a fake university and a vitamin scam whose filthy, disgusting, ingrateful, wasted human DNA sons and daughters daughter had to take a class how not to scam people in a charity... This scum, this scumbag who played a successful businessman on reality TV who has lied about everything concerning the coronavirus, who makes the goddamn crisis worse with his lies, who you can't trust as far as you can throw his orange ass, had a, had a more somber tone. Who fucking cares? This is news. And even today at the press conference, somebody else asked him. I know. This is. Oh, I should play that. We'll get back to this video. Here it is. Another one of these so called White House press corps? Get the fuck out of there. Why are you there? They should be fleeing there. Like Jodie Foster and the accused running out screaming running for their lives. Why? There's many actual news stories to be had. But we get the tone of the con man, the tone of our Lord and Master, our Savior Jesus Christ, otherwise known as Donald Trump. 
was a little bit more somber today. Oh, wow. Let's have a measurement. It's like the terrorist color alert. How's his tone today? What's on the mood ring? Is it pink, purple, orange? He's, he's moody. He's sullen. He's never conciliatory. He's never wrong. Is he happy? Is he arrogant? Let's have uh, the color alerts. What's his tone today? While people are scraping by and wondering when they're going to be able to have a, a paycheck. If they, because they can't work. And here in the United States of Serfs and Lords, you don't work, you don't get paid. Unless you're lucky and you found a Lord to serve. And they trickle some benefits on you and they, you can get a sick day. But it's not nearly enough. If you got to stay home for two months, I know in other countries they have a month off. Pat, period, end of sentence, everybody, but federally mandated, mandated by the government. Not here. Oh, they got to get together and do an emergency democratic socialism for this time. But don't get too used to it. Maggie Haberman, the, t- the tone was markedly different today. Somber, even. Well, here's, here's somebody else talking about tone. Follow up, um, one on the economy and the other on the broader picture here, but just to follow up on my colleague, some people did note that your tone seemed oh, some people noted. You talked about that August timeline. Did you see a projection? Some people thought perhaps that two million potentially that could die maybe prompted part of that was there a shift in tone oh I I mean, i've seen that where people uh, actually liked it but i didn't feel yeah i've seen that because that's all i do is watch television i've seen it i want to know how people are how they're covering me in a crisis or not just in a crisis every goddamn day because that's all i do because that's what i think this job is is Lying, holding rallies, and watching television. How are they covering me today? And if I don't like it, I'll I'll make a tweet. Like I do a boom boom. Look at me. I could do a boom boom in my boom boom. Look, President Trump has tweeted. I'm watching corporate media, and the pundits are sitting around, and they're like, oh, they look at their phones. Well, he's tweeting. He's just tweeted. Like he just laid a fart. Everyone, let's all gather together and discuss this big giant poopy he just took in his diapy publicly. And let's dissect it for three hours. Instead of having actual news, like what's going on in the goddamn world and the country, and why this country is the richest country on earth, but the middle class just fell another rung on the ladder to less than 50% of the population. Why that isn't on the loop is beyond me. Well, it's not beyond me. It's, it's because of what we talk about here. It's because this isn't a democracy. It's an oligarchy. And we have one party, and it's called the Party of the Elites. Organized money, like FDR said. The privileged princes, the economic royalists, 
who reach out to control government itself. Remember those days when we had a president that actually talked like that? We, we have come to understand that organized money is just as dangerous as organized mob. Privileged princes of the new economic order, thirsting for power. Oh, no, no. That's, we can't do anything. We need incremental. Incremental. The, the death rattle of democracy is the cry of the moderate calling for incremental change. Because they're not doing anything. They're not calling for incremental, and incremental anything. Here's some change. Here's a woman running mate. Uh, we got a woman. We got somebody with uh, two uh, XX chromosome to push neoliberal policies that'll nail the last nail in the coffin of the middle class. Incremental. I'll incremental punch you in the face. Metaphorically. Incremental. How's your tone today, con man? How, you, how is your tone? But is the tone... Well, you know, these Bernie bros, they have bad tone. Who, who are these Bernie bros? I don't know. I don't understand how a movement that wants a revolution <laughs> these dumb dumb da dums they just want a revolution when we just want to get back to normal like can't we go to brunch please can't we go and get manicured within an inch of our lives without being worried about this orange con man we just want to go back to normal where we don't give a shit about anybody but ourselves. Like normal again. Why do we have to pay attention to this con man and a tone? We just want somebody who pushes neoliberal policies like Medicare for some and health care for some and retirement for some and leaves us alone. You know, like normal, where nobody really gives a shit about anybody but themselves. You know, like back to normal. I don't know. I mean, my grandparents told me about a time called the Great Prosperity, where that was normal for about 40 years, where people could actually retire, where they could buy a home, where you could raise a family on one income where you could have a vacation where you could you know, do things in your free time instead of driving your uber or doing your doordash side hustle you know but those days have gone because you know how could you afford it that was too pie in the sky those days and the american people they were getting too uppity and we needed people to mow our lawns, do our manicures, and drive our Ubers. But unfortunately, this coronavirus, I guess, oh, well, we got to do something about it. And can't we at least all come together and have Medicare for some for now, for only for coronavirus? 
Well, Medicare for all, I mean. Medicare for all, for some, for now, only with coronavirus. And let's check in with the big giant orange con man and pretend everything is running and functioning the way it should. Uh, Obviously, the Democratic Party, they picked their candidate, Joe Biden, and not that it matters. It doesn't matter because the Democrats get to pick regardless. They pick their candidate. This is a club. <clears throat> doesn't matter if most of the people in the country, uh, unfortunately, it's not just Democrats who get the vote. It's, it's independents too. But whatever. Different. I've always known this is a, this is a real... This is a pandemic. I felt it was a <laughs> pandemic long before it was called Ooh, a pandemic. F- <laughs> this is a pandemic. Thank you. Where you been? Thank you, genius. This is a pandemic. Talk- Thank you, Captain Obvious. I thought it was a pandemic before it was a pandemic. Even when it was just a mandemic. I felt it was a pandemic long before it was called a pandemic. All you had to do is look at real. This is a pandemic. I felt it was a pandemic long before it was called a pandemic. All you this had to is do a is pandemic. Look at other countries. Everyone, almost 120 countries all over the world. Wow! Uh, like no, nobody's ever seen. There was no difference yesterday from days before. I feel the tone is similar, but uh, some people said it wasn't. Some people said. Your former economic advisor said almost 100% chance of a recession. Do you see it? Look at her. Look at how deferential she is. Excuse me, my lord. People were saying your tone is a little bit weird, a little off, and maybe it changed a little, my lord. I don't want to offend you, my lord, because I want my cushy job in this up in this bitch up in this shitty white house this pretend people's house i want to pretend that i'm actually doing something of significance up in this bitch because guess what journalism that shit's hard and sitting in this office in this uh in this little room here uh practicing social distancing this is a this is like a cushy goddamn gig I got here, and I know how good I got it. Well, I mean, I deserve it because I, I am, you know, I I'm in that little group of people that we've. My parents sent me to uh, Stanford, and I don't have I didn't have to worry about having a big giant bill, where I came out of having to pay back like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, I'm just speculating on her, but I don't want to have to do any real journalism. That's the point. I got into journalism for the cocktail parties, not for the information, not to inform, not to fulfill a constitutionally ascribed and enshrined role of informing the dumb people. The dumb people are hopeless. They're so dumb that they're going to do it again. They're so dumb. Well, it's, it's, I'm helping them be dumb, but what can I say? I like my cushy job. I get health care. I get a good, I get good health care from MSNBC. 
So I don't want to, de- I don't want to inf- insult you, my lord. I want to keep my White House press pass because that's what qualifies as journalism now. Sitting in the so-called press room of the White House while a giant orange con man with a fake university and a vitamin scam lies to me and I spread it amongst the dumb fucks in between telling them how they don't want a revolution, how they want incremental change. But, um, please, I hope I didn't offend you, my lord. Please don't take my press pass away. I would never challenge you. Look at the way, look at my furrowed brow and my, my inoffensive questioning, my, my tender care against your easily fragile ego. 100% chance of a recession. Do you see it that way? See it that way, my lord? Look at me. My lord, how is your tone? How's your tone, my lord? Do you need anything to make your tone better? Can I help you with your tone? What's your tone? What is your tone today? It's like, it's partly cloudy with a chance of, uh, with a chance of, um, tone. I don't think in terms of recession. I I think in terms of getting it out because uh, when we're finished with the virus, we will win. We will will win. win. And when that victory takes place, our economy is going to go through the roof. And our tone, listen to this. He's such a fucking child. So pent up. It is so built up. It's so pent up and built up. It's almost like what Stormy Daniels was in my hotel room and she was smacking me with a magazine that had my own face on it that, that... what was it? Was it? I don't know what magazine. It rolled up Forbes magazine that had my fucking face on, and she was smacking me with it. It was so pent up, and I when she went into the bathroom and she came out of the bathroom and I was sitting there on the bed and I said, "Come here," and she said, "Ugh, here we go." It's so pent up. It was like it was over in about ten seconds, but it was pent up. Ready to go. Uh, in a in an upward direction, uh, but we have to knock out this enemy. This That's is a really what she said. tough enemy, but we have to knock out all of us. That's all of us. So I don't think in terms of recession, not recession. It, it's words. We have to knock I out. I wonder this what Pence is thinking. Look at Pence in the background. He's usually staring at the back of Twitler's head with loving care. He's just staring out blankly. I actually think we'll have an economy like we've never had before. Like we've it's never had. Pent it's pent up. It's sort of like when I'm, when, you know, like I said, with Stormy Daniels and I'm touching my smaller than average Mario Kart looking penis. And, you know, it's pent up. Yeah, But when you're a star, they let you do it. So... You could just grab them by the pussy, and then it's not pent up anymore. It's it doesn't matter. You could even if they come after you, you could threaten to sue. You could pretend you're gonna sue them, and you never bring it to court because you know that if you do, there's something called discovery, and then all the truth will come out. But it's pent up. 
Let's see. Here's him crying again. President, I want to bring up what you referred to just a short while ago about politics. In your address to the nation, you said we have to put politics aside, stop the partisanship, and unify oh, yeah. together. It's not a time um, for politics. This morning, you criticized the Democratic governor of Michigan. Yesterday, it was the Democrat. Even though every day is a time for politics. It's not a time for, for politics. When actually, when things have to get done, it's never a time. Governor of New York, you've... It's not a time for politics when uh, it looks like shit for Twitler. It's never a time. Obama, you've talked, you've attacked Biden. In fact, every day except one since that address, you've lashed out at a Democratic leader. Are, are you going to set the example? I only do that when I have to respond. I watched her on television. She said something that was false and... What was it? What was it that was false? Of course. It's the whole Bernie bro thing. These Bernie bros are terrible. She said something that was false. It's bullshit. Give us an example. What does she say? If it was false, say, she said that I blah, blah, blah. And of course I didn't because A, B, and C, and here you go. And this is my, my goddamn truth. This is the truth. Look it up for yourself. No, no. Give Twitler a platform to spread his lies. This is a real productive time on MSNBC, on the media, on the corporate media, the liberal media. Let's put a con man, let's prop a camera in front of a con man and let him rip. She said something that was untrue. Now, how many people are going to think, oh, yeah, Nancy Pelosi lied, said something untrue about Twitler, and he had to respond. Not that the... The crack White House press corps would ever jump up and say, well, you know what, con man, what Nancy Pelosi said was this, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what he's referring to, but they're the fucking press. Get up there. They got a staff. Say, what did Nancy Pelosi say? Say to your intern, what did Nancy Pelosi say? And the intern can pass them a note or send them a text and say, well... Sir, you fucking orange piece of shit. Nancy Pelosi said this, that you didn't allow the the WHO to import testing or whatever she said. I don't know if that's what she said, but, but who do, how do we know? We don't know what he's, what he's referring to. But she lied, according to him, about what? What is the point of the White House press corps? Can I ask, really? I'm serious. This is why it's a fucking ruse and why this country is swirling the drain. It's a, the illusion of a... Uh, uh, of, of media. The illusion of journalism. It's like the illusion of democracy. The illusion of a free press. This is a free press? So you prop a camera in front of a con man... He lies over and over for hours, and then you talk about it, but you never fact-check him. You never do actual journalism. She said something that was very wrong, very wrong. Before I did do that, and I will continue to do that. If they're not going to play fair, because, yes, you know, they so have unfair. the media on their side, I don't. I just have me. 
And if they're not going to play fair, I'll I have me and the entire right-wing Fox News apparatus and Facebook spreading lies. Do that. Uh, if they are going to play fair, there's going to be nobody. There's going to be nobody better than Donald Trump in terms of uh, bipartisanship. But if if they're going to say things that are false, like the story that was written yesterday, a lot of people, uh, I don't know, somebody. What story? Uh, I think they know who, but they taped the conference call that I had. Oh, here it is. It was a good call. It was fine. I assume it some- was a perfect call. This is the call when he said to the mayors and the governors, "Go get your own vent- ventilators." And now he's spinning it. Oh, they... I just told them, you know, if you can get it faster, get it. Well, you're the fucking federal government, you scumbag. He doesn't know what he's doing. This is what it's about. All he has is branding, just like the Republicans. That's all they have. That's all they've ever had. And... But their brand... See, what they're doing is dismantling democracy while... Uh, pretending that they're fighting for whatever, the little guy, the underdog, the babies, the fetuses, free market. These fucking guys. Oh, God. He's going to tape it. They handed it to various people, and one of them was the New York Times, and the New York Times chose to write uh, totally inaccurately about it. It was a disgrace. Well, what? It was a disgrace. What did they say that was wrong? It's the Bernie bro defense. Oh, not defense. It's the Bernie bro tactic. That's what they do. So bad. So unfair. Such a lie. But no actual examples. Thing was bad journalism, but you know they do a lot of bad journalism. Uh, but we respond to that, and actually, uh, people get it. People get it. No, I wanted to no, be bipartisan, dumb and get nobody's going to be better than me. But when they attack me or the people, these incredible people behind me, I'm not going to let them get away with. Nobody. Here's the other thing. He's pretending that the media and the Democrats or whoever attacked the the Trump's cabinet the doctor or whatever his name is that's all over the place now nobody attacked them they attacked twitler for being the inept con man that he is and he's pretending that now of course he's pretending he's standing up for his people when trump is the first person to throw anybody he can under the bus anybody and everybody is fair game. Doesn't matter how loyal they've been for him, to him, over whatever, lying for him. He is loyal to nobody but himself. He will sell out his own mother, his brother, his sister, his daddy, his mommy. It doesn't matter. His sons, his shithole sons, his stupid daughter, his fucking corrupt daughter and her stinking fascist piece of shit husband. All of them. The slumlord scumbags. It's like the Adams family. And not the it's not even it's like the monsters of uh, the monstrosities. They're not the monsters, they're the fucking greed centered ghoul goddamn nightmare. Of useless, useless friggin' waste of human DNA. All of them. 
scummy, greedy little grifters, bullies, the worst kinds of skanks that ever walked the planet. Upright. Forget about it. Ugh. The worst kind of bullies. Kicking down on everybody without power. They make me sick. If, and they're such victims. So unfair. It's so unfair for Twitler. Yeah, you're goddamn right, Twitler. It's unfair. But it's unfair because you are squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes. You have had everything handed to you. You have been manipulating and sliding around the system like the goddamn coronavirus. Your entire wasted fucking useless life. And when the and when the world is finally rid of you, the entire earth will breathe a sigh of relief. Better. It will be better off for not having you on it. My only wish, my only mission in life is to make sure there are no no remembrances of you. No uh, like no Whatever, whatever it may be, if these right-wingers try what they do to Reagan by putting up statues and naming streets after you or putting up what pictures, there has to be no record of this fucking con man's uh, a rise to power. He has to be toppled, everything about him, including his memory, it needs to be erased. If we are sane, if we have a chance in hell, we'll know how well we can take the temperature, like the virus, right? You take people's temperature, see if they're sick. We'll know if the system is sick. We'll know how, how this country, if this country is sick, by the way we remember this scumbag. If he has any positive memories, if there's anybody trying to rehash his image, in the afterlife or in the, in memory of him well that is a indicative just like he's indicative of the sick system uh, while he's alive we'll know how sick the system is and how it remembers this fucking wasted baboon this human dna mishap all of them <clears throat> So, we'll see. People behind me, I'm not going to let them get away with it. Yes, because I stand up for my people. That's how I am. I am a loyal fighter for everyone who, what? Uh, As long as it looks good for me. Uh, All pent up. It's all pent up. Let's see. No, they all, they all thank... That's the other thing I noticed at the press conference. They all thank the private sector. Oh, thank you, private sector. If it wasn't for you, private sector, Congress wouldn't have to meet in the middle of the night and get together like it's a national emergency, because it is, to try and give some relief to the people who don't want to go to the doctor because the private sector is sucking on their miseries like a goddamn parasite. But... You know, thank you, private sector, for cre- helping us 
fuck over the American people and turn the much too uppity, economically vibrant middle class into the more malleable and easily manipulated working poor. Thank you, private sector. Oh, God. Oh, here's something else that's annoying. Please. Uh, when you speak to travel and tourism executives today, what specific help are you going to offer to them, if at all, or is it still? Waiting? Well, we're going to help. They need help. Look, let's face it. Hey, help go from having record-breaking Fuck everybody, years. This but industry-breaking year breaking years, travel and tourism, airlines, everything. Uh, they were doing record numbers, ordering new planes, building. Don't worry about the middle class now f- below fifty percent of the population. The Boeing and the airline industry. Yeah, I'm not saying, of course, they need help. The workers need help. The goddamn workers. Not the CEOs. Don't worry, the CEOs will be fine. It's those who are getting laid off. The ones and, and the residual industries, like the Uber drivers. But fuck them, right? Let's throw $1,000 at them. The peons. Here, trickle on this, fucking losers. Don't worry, we'll pay your bills. But if you end up having the flu instead of the coronavirus, fuck you. Pay up. Fuck you. Pay me. These scums suck. I'm so pissed off. I can't even... Hotels, everything was really wonderful. Uh, it was so wonderful, hunky and dory. Day, we hear about one day. this rumor in what? China, and then we find out it's much more than a rumor. Wow! And then all of a sudden, I uh, tried to deny it, like I always do. I try to make it like dumb fucking idiots. Tell I'm t- I was telling them it was a hoax, and then oh shit, the hoax caught up to me. It's not like everything else I say. It's not a hoax. It was, uh, I, I, now I got to pretend. I got to s- make my tone, my tone a little nicer. But I like the numbers where they are. Now I don't like the numbers, but they're telling me my tone. Got to change my fucking tone. Make a great decision to close it up early. It would Look be at him. He, make, he made a great decision. He's making so many great decisions. This is what, it's, it's begun already. The revamping, the rewriting of history has begun. Thank you, F and DNC. When Twitler wins again, because November's a very long way off, the DNC, thank you, DNC, for inflicting this scum-sucking piece of shit on us. And also, uh, what, what, uh, who, who will get to... I mean, how long do you think Ruth Bader Ginsburg's going to hold on? And that's why they say, oh, you got to vote. Of course I will vote against this piece of shit. But I'm not, it's, I, I'm not the only one, though. I'm one vote. What happened? I voted for Hillary in 2016, too. I never thought, well, of course, I'm not that stupid. That they, I was going to say, I never thought they'd do it to us again. Of course I thought they would do it to us again. I just never thought that they'd have, that, that, they, that they would. I was hoping they wouldn't. The DNC. I hoped that they had learned something. That they were that they were more patriotic than their their cushy ass lives. That they were actually trying. 
That's my naivete. My hoping against hope. Just like I hoped against hope that Obama would be the next FDR instead of the next effing what? Reagan? Eisenhower? If, I, if every time I turn around, it's so sickening to me. Watching Obama back in the day, every time he could get in front of a goddamn camera and talk to these stinking Republicans, he had to bring up Reagan, sucking Reagan's ass, adding to the stupid Reagan legacy project, pretending that Reagan was some kind of antidote to FDR. Like, he was just like FDR, because before FDR was even cold, his... The, these filthy fascist Republicans were trying to get somebody, to build somebody up to be their FDR. This is why they made it so, the term limits. No, no, you can't have, we can't have a populist, a real champion of the people come in again and people vote for him and for landslide elections, forget it. And by the time he's done, we don't have any power, and the stupid uppity middle class is like, hell no, we're not going to go to your, your war, and they want to have unions and have a seat at the table, and they want a cut of the pie that their labor makes possible in the first place? Forget that. No, no, no. We need to build up. We got to get Reagan up in this bitch who's going to tell everybody that it's welfare queens that are really their problems. You know, shit that doesn't exist. It's like their problem is the safety net. It's not that the rich are riding them to the bank. They got to get up in this bitch and divide and conquer over racial lines. That's the problem. It's everybody wanting a seat at the table. Look at this. You know, black people want a seat at the table. Gay people, women. That's chaos. No, no, no. We got to get Reagan up in this bitch and say... It's welfare queens, and uh, the days of big government is over. Government's the problem. Because, really, government is the problem. Not just government, democracy. That's the problem. We have to, we got to win their minds. Win their hearts, not just their hearts and their minds. That's why we have to, we, we need somebody to get up there. We need their standard bearer. Even though Reagan is a, was a fucking disaster and we could trace every decline in the working class, the fact that the working class now is less than 50% or the middle class is less than 50% of the population right to his doorstep, even though he, he was ground zero, but then we had these Republicans, I mean, these goddamn, well, same thing, these goddamn DLC Democrats popping in. Hey, we're new Democrats. We're, we're, we want to be the friends of not just Main Street, <clears throat> but Wall Street. We want to be friends of everybody. Look, look how friendly we are. We have, here we go. Look, we'll, we'll do you a favor, Wall Street, and we will hobble the union movement by taking away their, their power. By saying, because from now on, forever and ever, amen, when a worker gets too goddamn uppity, you can tell them, well, guess what, bitch? We're taking this bitch to China. We're going to move it all. Now you're going to have to train your replacement. Oh, well, go die. Watch the, the manufacturing belt turn into the rust belt. Thank you 
for the conservative, uh, you know, Reagan for making it possible. And the Democrats who followed, who enabled that shit. And that's where we are where we are today. That's why. Because we're not a progressive country anymore. We're two sides of the same coin. Rich, getting richer. And thank God for Bernie. Could you imagine if Bernie wasn't in the picture at all? They wouldn't even have to pretend to care. What they're peddling is, is nothing. It's not change. Anyway, let me continue with this. Different world. We a whole different world, but we make a decision to close it up to China, and all of a sudden tourism, and, and then we close it Great up to decision. Europe, which, you know, people never heard of this before. I'm not never sure be- I never heard of it done. before. I know that when I made the it's decision bigger than to close I've ever it seen. to China, people told me that's never been done before, but it was a great decision. Great. Uh, we make great decisions. We make good decisions. Yeah. So, Don't uh, you? <laughs> I'll tell you, my best decision, the people behind me. Are total Never have I made world. a bad decision. They respect Dr. Burks, Anthony, who's... Never has this fucking orange baboon made a bad decision. Obviously, even though he's bankrupted six times. I, I mean, look at his face. It's not a bad decision to constantly stuff dead animal meat in your fucking carcass. Over and over. Greasy ass, bloated bitch. Constantly getting bigger and bigger before our very eyes. That's not a bad decision. Never made a bad decision. The Trump Network Vitamins, that was a great decision. Trump Shuttle, great decision. Trump Taj Mahal, remember, great decision. The eighth wonder of the world, the Trump Taj Mahal, even though it was bankrupt within two months, like your, uh, like the accountant who actually ran the numbers and said, holy shit, this, this guy sucks at business so much that this eighth wonder of the world casino is going to be ga- bankrupt within two months. And Trump sued him, and when it went to court, because there was discovery, um, yeah, the guy was right. And Trump is a goddamn liar, but whatever. So that wasn't a good decision. I mean, that was a bad, not a bad decision. And Trump, well, I said Trump Network Vitamins, Trump Magazine. These are all the best decisions. He has the best decisions. Let's see. List of Trump's business failures. Bankrupt six times. Not. I mean, it wasn't a bad decision to make these fake invoices to siphon money out of your daddy's accounts tax-free. But... It wasn't a bad decision when your daddy was on his deathbed to go and try to get your daddy to sign over power of attorney to you, even though he didn't do it because he knew you were you were a con man piece of shit. So because Trump wanted to and he wasn't worried about missing his daddy or having whatever unresolved whatever with his daddy, spending the last moments with his daddy saying, I love you, Daddy. He was like, Daddy, sign this fucking document that he slipped in with a bunch of documents, but his father wasn't born yesterday, and he was actually somebody who made money, unlike Twitler. He didn't do it by being a con man. He Well, he was a racist piece of shit, like his dumbass fucking, like all of his spawn, his useless, worthless spawn. Uh, but he was somebody who actually made money in the real estate industry, uh, highly mobbed up industry in New York, of course. But 
he wasn't, you know, he's been, he was around the block a couple of times. So when Twitler went in there, when his daddy was on his deathbed and said, here's a bunch of shit for you to sign, daddy. Not, oh, daddy, I'm going to miss you. Love you, daddy. It was like, sign this shit, daddy. And his daddy looked at it and looked at a bunch of documents and he was like, this doesn't pass the smell test. Well, he wasn't just talking about his ugly orange baboon son, but he was talking about the the grift that he was pulling on his dying daddy to turn power of attorney over to him so he could continue grifting money out of daddy's accounts with willy-nilly. Now daddy's not even standing in the way. He's the power of attorney of daddy's entire estate. And Trump's daddy said, no. This doesn't pass the smell test. And I'm sure he was referring, he was probably talking about his son as well, because his son was probably a giant, sweaty piece of shit then, too. But not a bad decision. Never a bad decision, except for Trump Airlines, which Trump took out a $245 million loan to purchase planes and routes of the Eastern Air Shuttle. He slapped a Trump decal on it and the gold bathroom fixtures on the commuter planes that flew between Boston and New York and Washington. But the customers knew it was a tacky piece of shit. So two years after he launched the Trump shuttle, um, it wasn't making enough money to cover even the $1 million monthly interest payment on the loan. So, you know... Never a bad decision, Twitler, who's now in charge of this fucking broken-ass government, that the, the stupid corporate media thinks is, is, is worthy enough to plop a camera in front of on a daily basis and let them rip without challenging or fact-checking or informing the dumb sheeple who watch the stupid corporate media instead of becoming a patron to Terrorbuster or any other liberal media that actually has some value to keeping this, this goddamn thing going. Well, well, uh, well, not going. It's not keeping it going. It to, it, it, we've yet to actualize the... Uh, the whole e pluribus unum thing, right? The real a democracy that works for all. But I'm reading this from Rolling Stone magazine by Tessa Stewart. Donald Trump's thirteen bigness, biggest business failures. So I'm not. I'm just going through some of them. Trump beverages. Perhaps you are aware of Trump Ice, one of the purest natural spring waters bottles in the world. Right. No one's ever seen spring water like this. According to Trump's website, the line of water, which is bottled by a third party, is not a failure. According to his FEC disclosure, Trump made $280,000 off it last year. But Trump's other forays into the beverage market have been less successful. Undoubtedly intended to play on his apprentice catchphrase, Trump fire was trademarked in 2004, but does not appear to have ever made it to market. Trump trademarked the name Trump Power at the same time. Both drinks were categorized as non-alcoholic beverages containing fruit juices, namely carbonated beverages, on their trademark applications. Only trace 
The only trace remaining of either are the trademark applications that were abandoned in 2006. The same goes for Trump American Pale Ale, a trademark for which was canceled in 2007. So he's just a, he's a con man. He's a grifter. He doesn't have an original thought in his head. A decision never made a bad decision. He walks around. He doesn't, he's not, he's not offering any innovation. He's not doing anything new. He's taking other ideas that other people did better. He's slapping his fucking stupid name on it. And that's why it fails. Nobody cares. He's not, he sucks. Who wants to drink a shitty piece of goddamn nothing power, Trump? Please. Trump the game. In 1988, Trump teamed up with Milton Bradley to create Trump the game. Despite the flashy TV ad, the game sold only 800,000 copies. Another failure. Let's see. You could see this. Oh, no, that's the wrong page. Hold on, hold on. Let's see. Everything's set for tonight, Mr. Trump. I wonder what Trump's game is this time. Trump's got a new game. Trump's got a new deal. What's your game, Donald? Trump has a new game. What is it? Is it a new convention? Trump, Trump, Trump. My new game is Trump, the game. Trump, the game where you deal for everything you ever wanted to own. Because it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you win. Yes! Play Trump the game from Mr. Ew. Bradley. I think you'll like it. Mr. Trump's proceeds from Trump the game will be donated to charity. Bullshit. So let's see. Was he donated to tra- charity? <clears throat> when it was discontinued in 1990, Trump chalked, it, chalked the game's dis- dismal sales up to the fact that it might have been too complicated. The failure apparently didn't deter Hasbro from releasing a rebranded version in 2004 to capitalize on the Apprentice-related popularity. Trump said he expected the Hasbro version to sell more copies, but it too quickly went out of circulation. Trump's casinos. Trump has filed for bankruptcy in his Atlantic City properties alone three times. First was the Trump Taj Mahal in 91, which was $3 billion in debt. $3 billion. <clears throat> just after one year in operation. He was back in bankruptcy court in 2004, not just for the Trump Taj Mahal, but for the Trump Marina, Trump Plaza Casinos, which along with a riverboat casino in, Indi- in Indiana had a debt burden of $1.8 billion. After the bankruptcy, Trump Hotels and Casino Resorts reorganized as Trump Entertainment Resorts. Four years later, Trump Entertainment Resorts missed an interest payment on a $53.1 million bond. The company declared bankruptcy, and this time Trump stepped down as its chairman. This guy's in charge of the fucking government, and this stupid-ass corporate media... The liberal media, right? So liberal, they plop a camera in the in front of this failed grifter who received fewer votes. I'm sick. I'm sick to my stomach. 
trying to find you guys. Where did you go? Where'd my people go? Where's my people? I can't find you. Oh, there you are. And thank you, Haiku, for the super chat. I know times are tough in this coronavirus, but if you can become a patron, that'd be nice. It's only, let's say, even if it's $2 a month, $5 a month. If you have, if you can't afford it, $20 a month. That's like, that's like four mocha chinos. You know what I mean? It break, it break it down like that. It's really nothing. But it means the world to keep the liberal media going because this is the liberal media. You're looking at it. I know, I know. We need a makeup artist, but... Where the heck is it? Now that article I was reading, I can't find it. Trump failed. Oh, here it is. It's getting late. And all of these specials that I do during the week, hanging out. This is like three effing hours on the air without a break. And I ran out of coffee. Okay. I'm just putting it like that. It helps. We got to get the word out, not just about the show, but about saving democracy. You know, no biggie. Trump magazine, Trump launched his, how do you pronounce that word? Eponymous, eponymous. Hmm? Yeah, I said it right. Eponymous magazine meaning giving their name to something, a thing named after a particular person. Eponymous magazine. I mean, what a stupid word anyway to describe anything related to Trump because everything is named after him. It's boring. That's how they should have labeled it. Trump's tediously, boringly named magazine in late 2007, reinventing a publication that had previously been called Trump Style and Trump World. Like, we all want to go into his shitty world of tacky, gilded trophy wives who don't love him. That's the kind of world we like, right? Where your sons are out there killing beautiful animals, selfishness, your daughter's making a... A, a nothing but uh, another useless little bitch going around coming up with nothing but a, but a sweatshop in China. Everything handed to them. But the best they can do is murder beautiful animals and turn more people into indentured servants. For in a in a shitty factory in China, lowering the standard of living here at home. You know, America first. Fucking bastards, and I'm still pissed. I'm, I mean, I'm always pissed, but thinking about that, the corporate media puts a camera in front of him every day and let us lets him rip 
without saying a damn thing. And then they, in between, going back to all the pundits, we got the same pun. We got uh, Rick Smith. We got all the same corporate lickspittles, fascist right-wingers telling us that having a female vice president is all the change we can afford. And in between telling us, give it up, when nobody wants a revolution, never explaining that this country, democracy, cannot exist without a functioning middle class. They don't care. Democracy is not existing. So they're doing fine. Oh, well. Trump mortgage. I think it's a great time to start a mortgage company, company Trump famously predicted on C- to CNBC in April 2006. The real estate market is going very strong for a long time. In reality, the market had already begun deflating at that point and would collapse within months. Well, there you go. He's a liar. Unsurprisingly, Trump mortgage business fell short far short of its projections, doing less than a third of the $3 billion in business executives predicted it would in the first year. They didn't predict, they lied. At the time, Trump blamed the failure on the executives who run the company. He had tapped EG Writings for the company's CEO position. The company's website boasted Writings as having been a top executive for one of Wall Street's most prestigious investment banks. But Money Magazine later found he had just six months of experience. Does this sound familiar, guys? It's like everything in the Trump cabinet now. A bunch of losers who have a name, or, but they have absolutely no credentials. Except they got on Fox News a couple of times. They, they were good at selling themselves. And they're loyal to the fucking orange baboon. Trump stakes. When Trump filed for bankruptcy in his Atlantic City properties for the second of three times, court records showed he owed the Georgia company Buckhead Beef some seven hundred and fifteen thousand dollars and two hundred. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Two years later, in 20, 2007, Trump struck a deal to sell Buckhead Beef through the fix, the futuristic gadget store, the Sharper Image. CEO Jerry Levin would later tell Think Progress it was a bad business idea. We literally sold almost no stakes, Levin said. If we sold $50,000 of stakes, grand total, I'd be surprised. The stakes were pulled from the shelves after just two months of abysmal sales, but the Trump stakes, but, but the Trump stakes commercial has, blessedly, been preserved. Let's watch it. Let's see. Where is it? When it comes to great stakes, ah, I just raised the stake. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I get the. I gotta get the right page. There we go. When it comes to great stakes, I've just raised the stakes. The Sharper Image is one of my favorite stores with fantastic products of all kinds. That's why I'm thrilled they agree with me. 
Trump stakes are the world's greatest stakes, and I mean that in every sense of the word. And the Sharper Image is the only store where you can buy them. Buy Trump them. Trump stakes are by far the best tasting, most flavorful beef you've ever had. Ew. Truly in a league of their own. Trump steaks are five-star gourmet, Carcass. quality that belong in a very, a very select corpse. category of restaurant, and are certified Angus Beef Prime. Ugh. There's nothing better than that. Of all of the beef produced in America, Except less than 1% qualifies for that category. It's the best of the best. Until now, you could only enjoy steaks of this quality in one of my resort restaurants or America's finest steakhouses. But now, no. that's changed. Today, through the Sharper Image, you can enjoy the world's greatest steaks in your own home, with family, friends, anytime. And you're Trump close steaks to the are toilet. to perfection to provide the ultimate in so tenderness and flavor. you can shit him out if you, like you get explosive steak, diarrhea. you'll absolutely love Trump steaks. Treat yourself to the very, very best life has to offer. And as a gift, and don't Trump eat that steaks shit. are the best you can give. One the bite, and you'll you know get. exactly what I'm talking about. And believe me, I understand me. steaks. It's my favorite food, and these are the best. Ugh, I want to vomit. The thing that's so offensive, what I find personally offensive about Trump steaks, is that it's bad enough. I, I don't eat meat, as you guys know. So I'm, I, I love animals, and it's terrible that not only does... A poor cow have to die to make a meal for Donald Trump. The worst waste of human DNA that ever walked the planet. But they have to die and become a Trump steak. Those poor animals, they suffered enough. And then they had to be degraded even further by becoming a Trump steak. Don't you have any dignity? You have any respect for these poor animals giving their very lives for human sustenance? You got to make them into Trump steaks? That's the worst insult of all. Have some respect for these poor creatures. That not only that's what makes me sick too when I think about Trump because he's just a just a, a rapacious gullet sucking in corpses constantly, greasy corpses, and all of these animals that have more value than any Trump that has ever lived and any of their spawn, they're, they're going back to the primordial spawn that came, crawled out of the ooze. One of those Trump spawns was a, became the, the what we see before us this orange freaking wasted human DNA that is wrecking this country, that is helping wreck it, at least, that is an embarrassment. This is, it's an embarrassment to humanity. And the, it's bad enough that they have to die, that animals have to die, but then they got to feed that con man, they have to sustain the life of a worthless person like that? That's why we need to, everybody needs to eat, they, they need to stop eating meat, period. Have some respect for these animals. And this one's like, mm, yummy, and sucking in the corpses constantly. 
clogging up his giant bloated body. Ugh, well, at least on some level, I guess it's poetic justice. Because the more he eats, this is what people, and some, sometimes a conservative will contact me and they'll say, Mmm, I love meat. Uh, yeah, PETA, people for eating tasty animals, or, be, but it's so delicious. Bacon is good. Mmm, yum, yum, or whatever. They, they're just douchebags, right? And I say, Please eat. Eat more pork. Eat. The sooner you step off this mortal coil, the better off we'll all be. So please, do us all a favor and keep sucking in the corpses. Every day, all day, as much as you can. Clog those arteries up. Don't think about anything you put in your big giant mouth. Just get it over with and get off this planet as quick as possible. And do us a favor. So in that sense, these animals that are sacrificing their lives, they're doing us a favor. Ultimately, they're helping the animals that come behind them. Maybe they won't end up as somebody's uh, clogged artery. All right. Trump's comms company, Trump registered a trademark for TrumpNet. Can you believe this shit? under the category of corporate telephone communication services in 1990. Whatever it was going to be, it never got off the ground. The trademark was abandoned. It's like this fucking dumb grifter sitting around and people putting ideas in his stupid brain, and he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a... It's going to be the fastest, the best internet, best... It would be the worst internet. The worst standards. The slowest... You want to get a good internet? That that would be them. It would be like the old... What is it? Old internet. <laughs> like this. That's Trump net. <laughs> it's the best. This is Trump net now. They're like, fuck, it hung up on me again. That's TrumpNet. <laughs> it's the best, fastest internet you ever could connect to. My name is Donald Trump. Trumpnet. The bestest, fastest internet. Treat yourself to Trumpnet. Okay. Trump University. We all know that story. Trump Vodka. Trump lost future earnings from calling Mexicans rapists. Okay. Trump kissed millions of dollars in future earnings goodbye last summer when he called Mexicans rapists. Where is on this list? What is missing from this list is the vitamins, the Trump Network vitamins. I don't know why it's missing. 
Trump Network Vitamins Yes, it's in the Wikipedia too We all know about Trump Network Vitamins it's, a, it's kind of a forgotten Trump disaster, but it really personifies everything about it, it about him. Call it vitamin T. This is from the Daily Beast by Tim Mack. For several years in the late 2000s and early 2010s, Donald Trump encouraged people to take part in a pseudoscientific vitamin scheme all without expressing any concern about how it might potentially endanger people's health. Well, why? Same thing with Trump's steaks. He doesn't give a shit. Shove it in your gullet. But it gets worse. Through a multi-level marketing project called the Trump Network. Yeah, it was one of them. Where you had to bring people in. It's like Amway or whatever. You bring them in and then they start selling it. I guess he didn't want any uh, a Ponzi scheme to ha to have all the fun or Bernie Madoff to have all the fun well Bernie Madoff was a financial advisor right supposedly he was just a grifter through a multi-level marketing project called the Trump Network the business mogul encouraged people to take an expensive urine test which would then be used to personally tailor pricey monthly concoction of vitamins something a Harvard doctor told the Daily Beast was straight up scam and when the daily beast asked a doctor for the trump network to defend the products he wound up deriding the idea of evidence-based medicine the trump network ultimately failed and its assets were sold off but it was not just a marketing and business disaster the actions of all of the all but certain gop presidential nominee this article was written back when reflect his willingness to license his name to a product without fully vetting it, a casual endorsement of a serious matter. All of the fitting nonchalance that characterizes the many falsehoods he utters. The product was just another example of Trump's questionable business practices from his university, accused by many students of fraud, to his casinos, which went bankrupt so often, to his tasteless and mealy signature steaks. Quote, unquote, tasteless and mealy. That's a real review. And it highlights an, an essential contradiction in, the, in his campaign for the White House. While a politician, Trump, says he cares about the average Joe or Jane, his past shows a shocking indifference. Yeah, if you care about people, you don't sell them shit to put in their bodies you don't that's not the that, that's not the mark of somebody who cares about their fellow human beings that's a grifter there was no indication of trump that trump himself ever took the vitamins he promoted and doctors associated with the project tell the daily beast he appeared to endorse the product without ever making any inquiries about the science or what it did to the body <laughs> trump's peddling of these products without regard for their safety is emblematic both of his often incurious approach to business and politics as well as the dangers of a loosely regulated supplement industry based on the dietary supplement health and education act of 1994 vitamins like the ones that sold by trump don't require approval from the fda 
in this world, unbeknownst to most buyers, pseudoscience is as good as the real thing. Vitamin companies can claim to improve brain function, clear up skin, increase energy, without a single human study proving the things that they are selling actually do. While the FDA urges the $34 billion industry to refrain from false statements and fraudulent labeling, it's an order that is hardly policed. Well, you think it's being policed now? What do you, uh, with the con man in the White House? One of the major products that the Trump network sold was a Priva test, a urine analysis formulated by Ideal Health, a multi level marketing company focused on naturopathic products. Naturopathy centers on the idea that the body can self heal through the use of therapeutic substances like herbs and vitamins. Using this urine test, Ideal Health claimed to be the tailor, be able to tailor a vitamin regimen to do just that. In an extensive interview with the Daily Beast, a top doctor from the Trump network recalled the now presidential hopefuls. <sighs> oh God, remember those days? A lack of, remember how innocent we were back then? A lack of interest in how the products worked. The doctor asked to remain anonymous to protect himself from potential legal action. According to him, Trump was fresh off a guest speaking engagement at a marketing company's rally when he got a wind of the ideal health. He was apparently anxious to cash in on the rise of network marketing and had been shopping around for such a company. His attorneys reportedly loved ideal health, not as much for its product, but for its opportunity for extraordinary growth. Both the biotech firm that created the test, Metramex, Metrics, Metrametrics, oh no, it's called Metametrics, yes, and the company that manufactured it, Douglas Laboratories, were operating on behalf of tens of thousands of physicians legally. The doctor said, uh, the doctor said, was enough for Trump and his org organization to give the okay. But Trump did not inquire about the science behind natu naturopathic regimen. What does, what, wait, 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 that's not what he does, the former top doctor said. He just looks to the people who are involved and what people did with this business, looked at the people who were participating and said, this is good. What cinched it, the leading doctor said, is the three owners of the company mocking up a fake Trump vitamin packaging, which they took from the, which they took for the Acela from Boston to New York in order to deliver on Trump's desk. The upscale appearance of the packaging was allegedly enough to seal the deal. They knew they would push his buttons, the doctor said. The doctor still had a box of the Trump Network vitamins at his home. In them is a high-grade comprehensive multivitamin which contains minerals, ox antioxidants, liver inflammation, and detox support. As far as the doctor knows, Trump's urine was never tested, and the vitamins in question were just a mock-up. As for what the high-grade comprehensive multivitamin with mineral antioxidants, liberal, I mean, uh, liver inflammation and detox support actually does, no one really knows. It's mumbo-jumbo, the doctor said. Still, the former Trump Network doctor insists 
that it improves health, including his own. When questioned about proof of this, he said that only 11% of medicine is evidence-based, which he read in the British Medical Journal study on 3,000 treatments. There is an inherent assumption that everything in the medical world is evidence-based. It is not. Later, he seemed to revert back to the idea that science is valuable, arguing that the company... So, w- arguing that the things the company searches for in urine, like antioxidant status, give a clear picture of imbalances in a person's body, hence the need for vitamins. Blah, 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 blah. I can't read this whole thing. It's going on and on. It's already midnight. Holy shit. I got to get unconscious, guys. Look at Francis behind me. Look how cute he is. <laughs> Hello, baby. Hello, Francis. What are you doing? He's adorable. Hello, beautiful. Hi, little one. He's very cute. Oh, Paradou. Hello. Thanks so much, fellow patriot. You humble me. You humble me. Thank you for your support. You guys are amazing. We've had a good crowd tonight. Let me see. Here's the Discord link again. Please join us on Discord, on the Tarabusta community on Discord. And, yeah, we got some more people in there. So it'll be nice to grow this community. And you, everybody can talk during the in-between shows, right? Post your favorite links, post articles you'd like others to read or maybe even me to read on the air. I'll check it out. And it's a good way to stay in touch in between shows and get to know each other better, especially in this time of of lockdown. Uh, a very trying time for many of us. And we're in it together. That's one great thing about the internet. It makes the world a much smaller place. So I'm really glad that you have chosen to spend these last few hours with me and that we're working together to make the world a better place. And it starts, I guess, where we live. It starts by actualizing a, a, a country that works for all that works for more than uh, the 1%, that leaves no one behind. And that's why we are the true patriots. We really are. We don't leave anyone on the battlefield. We're in this together. Uh Uh-oh, watch. Now they're going to fight. They start playing. Now they start fighting. (laughs) It's really playing. Because cats are... They like to murder. That's their pastime. <laughs> now someone's going to scream. They get along. They really do. They're good friends. But they play. I mean, that's what they play at. They play at murder. So like Trump. Trump likes to con. Cats got to play at murder. So um, I will try to do as many shows as I possibly can just to keep in touch with everybody and stay in touch as we're inside. Isn't it? It's kind of lonely when we're all inside and we can't go out and be where it's isolating, right? It's uh, and it's only in the early days. 
So, let's stick together. Like I always say, we stick together, we win. And please become a patron at, at uh, patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Next show, I guess, because we're out of time, I will read the Patreon list again. But please uh, do what you can. In the meantime, sh tell your friends about the show. Help the show grow. The, all of this stuff helps. We will get there eventually where we'll, we'll be able to have a daily show. And, yeah, that'll be good. We need it because fascism is not a part-time endeavor. It has to be a daily endeavor. I believe that. But we're not going to be able to do it until we get enough patrons so we have a do we do have a wild a ways to go. We need about a thousand more patrons. That's just the bottom line. So we are going in the right direction, but yeah, we got a way to go. Thank you all. I do my I'll do what I can. So I'll be here as much as I can, and I know you guys will be too. So thank you for hanging out. Let's all get unconscious now because we do everything together. I'm sure you got to get unconscious. I don't know if you're working from home or if you're working at all or just uh, staying at home. Feel free to post on the Tarabuster Discord channel. I will post it in the... Um, if you're listening on the podcast, I'll put it in the notes for the show on iTunes or SoundCloud there'll be a link and of course we're here at the um on the chat will be a link and yeah that's it keep promoting and I will hope I don't know I can't say I'll do one tomorrow but we'll see what happens otherwise I will do one I I, I can't say I can't say that's why it's hard to say when I will see you next, it might be tomorrow, it might be Thursday. Obviously, I am uh, kind of, I live in New York, so I'm kind of stuck in the house, too. So, it's good and bad. Good meaning that maybe I could do more shows. So, other than that, you guys, get unconscious. Like I said, we do everything together. My name is Tara Devlin. We stick together. We win. I will see you very soon.